yeah. Wood pops out. Yeah. Shove it back in there. Kunchalala. Abzalukana. Agi balakbaga. Words, everybody, anti up. Yes, and, and all you antis, anti virus, anti virus, anti bodies. Watch out, that anti will manhandle you. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Have you ever been manhandled? <laughs> Not in 22 years. Oh, You're so 2001? 2001. Yep. The last good manhandling you ever had. Huh? Oh. <laughs> oh, shoot, man. I've been looking for a good manhandle. <laughs> Nobody can manhandle me ever since. Nobody can manhandle this. <laughs> hey, this is Unspoken Words, and this is episode 147, the new beginning, support from the divine realm and spiritual guidance, episode, hey, 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 hey Randy, hi. hey, Oh, hey. <laughs> we got a new arbor. Hey, hey, and we fired our parade manager. Hey, 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 just kidding, did we? And we broke some lampshades. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> didn't uh, they break those light coverings? Did they already? Yeah, some people, some. They were talking about it, yeah, on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, they said some kids were cruising around. Well, just they busted them though. Dang. Yep. Like a bunch of them are just. Yeah. No, no, not a whole lot of them. No, I think. No, there's people policing. I think there, there's a lot of people taking pride in that new. They went and checked it out Let's last go. night. Yeah. Man, they should jump them. <laughs> man, I got mind control over those guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's cool, man. So for us here, it's our New Year. It's our New Year coming up. The Crow Fair oh, annual ooh. celebration and rodeo powwow. Uh, bootleg. Giveaways. Play capital of the world. Hey, <laughs> TP capital of the world. <laughs> Let you know, pints yeah. are now 10 bucks. Inflation. <laughs> COVID. Inflation. In your local bootlegger. Looks like I picked a good week to stop drinking. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's what it was. I was, I was kind of shocked by that vacuum. Um, oh, wait, hold up. <clears throat> Let's do introductions. Yeah. Okay, over here to my right. All the way from Bob and I know, I know, I know, he is your favorite engineer, your ace on one, JCB, say shoulder. Shoulder. Ah, uh, uh-huh. it's good to uh, see you. Brah. Brah. And over here to my left, all the way from L. Jesus, number 83, in the place to be, and he ain't even trying to preach the pod, Gotti. Randy B, say shoulder. Oh, the Algerian nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and across the way, special guest back in effect, back with the K Drive, all the way from Helena. Back to back co champion. Two time co champion, all the way from Helena. Kevin Sandoval, say shoulder. Shoulder. Shout out to all my peeps from Binay Crow Fair Time. Hey. Oh, hey. 
Clean. That's the suburb of Algeria. Yeah. <laughs> the the westernmost suburb. The clean part of LG. <laughs> <laughs> that you won't find on Google Maps. Okay. Just before the mountains. <laughs> the right at the foothills. Hey, and you know me, Mo Hugs, not drugs, all the way from up the road in Arrow Creek. Uh, hey. And we are Unspoken Words. Thank you for joining us this evening. Today or whenever you're listening to this, the unofficial camp criers of the reservation, uh huh, the urban camp criers, uh huh, hey, hey, uh, 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 we're gonna have a good time, good time. We're gonna have a good, good time. <laughs> I was really into it in that video. Pow wow! That lady's already has her rattle. Pow <laughs> they That's just, so dumb. Then they pan over and there's just one dancer. <laughs> Looks like uh, what's that? Uh, Daniel Boone. And there's like a the coonskin hat. Yeah, the coonskin hat. He's oh, dancing shit. around in that video. Be perfect for that guy that got the insurrectionist. Remember the dude? <laughs> oh, the shaman or the whatever. Shaman. Yeah. 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 Oh, uh, Qunon. Qunon. Shaman. Yeah. Right on. One of Trump's shamans. Yeah. Yeah, man. We need him at Pro Fair. Donald J. Trump's <laughs> medicine men. Yeah. <laughs> Bringing in the his medicine man. <laughs> head medicine man. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Man, Trump's that medicine backfired on him. Now it's all falling. Rumbled. Oh man. Oh, then Trump's gonna get his mugshot too, huh? Is he really? Yeah. I don't know. This week. Again, I seen a post. He's getting arrested, and he's gonna get his mug this shot time, this time. This time, this time, all right. mug shot. Yeah, he's been. That's getting, all they really want, huh? Well, yeah, it's been. Getting, That's what the public wants is a mug <laughs> shot. Damn it! Yeah, what makes? Well, of course, he's the past president, but what makes him special, you know? Because everybody else that gets in that level of trouble shot. gets a mug shot. Yeah, but he hasn't yet. We want that mug shot. I don't even care. He goes to jail. I just want the mug shot. Wasn't his excuse say like he was well? He was like everybody knows him or something. I don't I know, know something. Yeah, like one of the recognizable guys. Yeah, something, something silly. But anyway, back on the topic of Crow Fair, I figure we open up with that and just kind of talk about some Crow Fairs of old. Whatever you guys want to talk about, whatever pops into your brain, good, bad, and ugly. You want to talk about that anti that man handled you? You can do that. Too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do good. tell, do tell. Um. I've only been to one, maybe two, no, two, two Sunday nights, like the doorway, and like followed the crowd. I've only mm-hmm. been to two of those. One, I was sober because I had to work the next day, so I just checked it out, and I was just like going with the crowd, and I had my, a little crew I was with. And that was pretty interesting, but I was like watching my back, waiting for that sucker punch <laughs> the whole night, you know? Because you know, it happens there. Mm-hmm. You know, people would just come up and sucker punch you. So I was just like, I was one of, I don't know if I was the only sober one, but I it was just kind of weird. But that night, all the cops were just like on the outside. The people that were too drunk, like staggering around, they just picked them off one by one. But for the most part, they just like followed the whole crowd. Man, there was hundreds of people, hundreds, mm-hmm. like just going through the camp, stopping and then they'd sing and blah, blah, blah. 
Back when the singers would finish the song. <laughs> <laughs> they don't do that no more? Back when they, can re- when they remember the words. That's what I heard. Yeah, like, I don't know. I can't remember last year, but years before that, pre, pre-pandemic, like they'd sing that song and you can hear them. Even if they're way over there, you can hear them. They're all singing. And they, man, they're doing the hey out part real good. And they get to the word part. And they like, and then it gets quiet. And a few minutes later, they start start up again, and then the same thing. They get to the word part, and then they it gets quiet, and they oh. just kept doing that all night. Yeah, it's a bummer when they get to your camp, and by then they're all tore it's not up. even in sync and tore <laughs> up and like let down. Oh yeah, it's a, it's a let down. <laughs> get the hell out! <laughs> yep, that's what it is. Usually, yeah, like, you guys yeah. suck. <laughs> Go to sleep. <laughs> it's not even worth it. <laughs> no, and I remember this, the second time I went, I was actually, that's when, like, the last kind of stages of my boozing, um, I was, I went, and I was, I went and bought some pints for 10 bucks. Oh, wow. And I, was, I had them in my pockets, and I was just, like, sipping on them, and then they started singing, and it was a big group of crows, and they singing, this like, a popular um, push dance song. And I tried to make my way through there because I like to sing too. And I was trying to make my way to the middle where like the men singers were, and they're like kind of surrounded by women singers. Man, they were jamming that song. Man, it was nice and loud. They're all in tune. Probably weren't too sauced up yet. The night was just beginning here. I tried to get through those ladies. I said, I'm, let me get in there. I'm a singer. Here, man, they fucking box me out. Got manhandled. Ah, manhandled. Start elbowing me. Boom, boom. They started elbowing me and wouldn't let me in. I was just like, oh, shit. I said, I'll just stand back here and sing with the women then. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to bless you with my gift today. Oh, they're being mean. I was like, what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> they were being mean, huh? Yeah. Damn it. I felt betrayed. I was all but leaks. What about the, um, <laughs> have you guys seen the the bleachers at the new, remember they raised the whole thing? Yeah, like the old. The grandstands? Oh, oh, for the rodeo and stuff? Yeah. Yeah, they rented some bleachers and stuff. Yeah, Man. I didn't see them, but that's what I heard. They rented them. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Man, no shade, though. No shade at all? Man, it's going to be hot as hell. Have to take your umbrella. Yep. Iron Man it. Yeah. I wonder, <laughs> at, I wonder at the new Arbor, like, they're going to allow people to put down their blankets. That was the first thing I thought of. I seen pictures of it. I wonder if there's people. I mean, I know they're, happen- they're having they're starting the crow night tonight, Thursday night. I wonder if, like, yesterday or today, people went over there and started putting their blankets down. I don't know. Are you going to go down there? They, they, they got to because you can't tell Indians not to do that. Yeah. But then that's the thing, though. I think, like, from what I've seen, because I went there, it looks like the bleachers are kind of far back to allow kind of, like, the seating on the field type. Mm-hmm. I yeah, mean, like close people that bring their yeah. chairs. Yeah. I think that walkway is really for the drum groups. Yeah, and then the... The walkway for the people or like the watchers uh-huh. or what are you spectators? Yeah, yeah. watchers. <laughs> <laughs> but like it's kind of out, out, huh? I don't know. I haven't been in there. And then I don't know if it like is it supposed to look like a remember the roach? Remember the roach? Like that thing? Is that how it's supposed to look? Oh, like the spreader? spreader? Is that what it's called? Yeah. 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 Is that what it's supposed to look like? Oh, I don't know. Maybe. Wonder if they have like an aerial shot. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. What about you guys? Some crow fairs of old. Mm. Mm. 
I already beautiful. Yeah, I was like, got, wow. I took some pictures here, right? And I was saying earlier, like just going through there, I was like, nah, I feel like I'm a whole different. I'm not. I, I don't even feel like I'm in Crow. Right. Yeah. You know, it's, it's modern. It's like a modern facility. But hey, yeah, that's something that could be modeled and hopefully Absolutely. It moves into the community yeah. in some aspects. You know, public buildings and things like that. But I know there's yeah they yeah they got some things in place, man. Yeah, that'll take some getting used to. See that? Oh, there's a picture of the inside. Yep. That's I don't know. I might go down there tonight. It'll be the quiet night. Out, yeah. Yeah. Well, Dang, that looks nice. It'll be a that quiet night. Real It'll be nice. nice. To go. I'm gonna go. Here's um, the center right here. Check that out. Yep. I'm gonna go tomorrow and Saturday in the evenings. Uh, I have a. Shoot. Yeah, I'll be down there tomorrow for sure. But you know, slang some ice. Yeah, we'll have our shaved ice and everything set up across the road. Oh, okay. It's yeah. big. It's a, yeah. big, it's a big facility. Yeah. It's nice. Check it out. And then they also got like an eagle's nest, like an official. Two of them. Yeah, with like the, the one that, yeah, that had AC there's, in it. There's one that's raised and there's one that's kind of enclosed. Yeah. Yeah, the one enclosed, like it looked like it had AC. I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah. It's finally something that we can, not saying that we weren't proud of it before, but it's just kind of like, it, it's more like now when your visitors come, it's like, man, like. Bro, that looks amazing. Yeah, it's something to be proud of, though, for sure. I'm yeah. Like a nation. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Yep. So. Come on, let's go to the Arbor. Let's go check it out. Like, no, that's what I'm saying is, yep. like, now you can do that. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, even just looking at the parking lot, how, like, just clean and nice. Yeah. And oh, they have a parking lot. Yeah. Wow. That, yeah, that, that, that walkway is, like, lit up. Yeah, I mean, as I said, you feel like you're walking, like, on a nice boulevard. Yeah. Yeah, it's... It's pretty. It's man, that's awesome. Man. That is cool. I want to go down there tonight, man. I might do that. True. I don't know. Yeah, I'm gonna wait till I got a half day tomorrow, but <clears throat> Crow Fair only comes once a year. Mm-hmm. And it's the first year with the freaking Arbor. Arbor finished. Yeah. Yeah. Probably won't be like this again. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, so let's hear from all you guys. <laughs> Crow Fairs of Ode. Anything, man. Funny, serious. Some wicked scraps over campgrounds. <laughs> I don't know. Just right now, it's just amazing to see how far out the camps are now. Like, oh, out. yeah, yeah. When you come across the bridge over by the the, the college, mm-hmm. yeah, like how many people are camped on that end and on the side up there and up on mm-hmm. top now? I yeah. mean, it's just growing. Yeah, and I remember, like back in the day, remember they used to get ready for. The parade, right when you come into the campground, mm-hmm. remember right there, that was like the staging area, and then the parade went through the campground and came back to that spot, but that's all filled up with teepees now, mm-hmm. that whole area. Where at? Like, remember when you first come in from, like, across the way from the Jubilee area? Mm-hmm. That entrance there? Oh, yeah, that entrance to the right? Yeah. When you, that, right there, right across the road, when you come in from the entrance, that was all the staging area for the parade. Oh, Wow. And then, yeah, that's all those. That's, that's filled up with TBs now. Because our camp is right across from there. And they used to say, where's your, where's, where's your camp at? And they say, oh, it's right next to the exit. But now they can't say that because there's more than one way to get out. Yeah. yeah. But before, remember, there was only that one entrance and then that yeah. one exit. Yeah. So then, yeah, it's right there. So I remember that, you know, watching them get ready for the parade. You just have to go across the road. Now yeah. you got to go up on that hill. Yeah. No. That's the one I'm familiar with. I never did, like. Really celebrate. I never was up for that early. You know, I was going to bed about that time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
And I, I told you, I already told you the story about when they took that teepee down around me, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I left I, you I, on the mattress. Passed yeah, out. I was passed out, and it was time to break camp. <laughs> and they tried to wake me up. I wouldn't get up. So they leave him there, and then they took that teepee down around me while I was still in there. And I, my mattress was on a carpet, so they just they had the presence of mind to at least drag me under the shade. Mm-hmm. A couple hours later, I woke up and I, where the heck, what, what's going on here? <laughs> you were the offering, huh? Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> We give this uncle up. <laughs> this uncle up. Back then, I was an uncle status, though. I was nephew status. Uh, nephew. Still, <laughs> still auntie. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. I, I miss, like, man, I, I miss, like, the old times, man. Being able to be there with my Kala, like, at her oh, camp. Man. Like, man, because where we camp, like, when where I grew up is, like, remember the round hall? Yeah, yep. just south of there, mm-hmm. okay. you know, there's like that little lodge grass piece there. But we, that's where we camped at. Man, there's so many memories there. Mm-hmm. Even I think I even told that one about a year or two ago, where yeah. uh, my grandma, she's traditional, she was older, and um, I was sleeping like like him, you know, um, had a rough night, not a rough night, but long night, whatever, and. She freaking painted my toenails. <laughs> and I was trying to get mad. And it was my call at it. Because <laughs> my toes were sticking out of the teepee. <laughs> no, didn't like, make it yeah, all the way in. Huh? Trying, to, trying to get mad at, you know, mad at my cousins and stuff. And here the whole time it was, it was the old lady. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot. <clears throat> yeah, so, um, yeah, a lot of. A lot of memories flooding my brain about Crow Fair. What kind of food do you guys like to eat at the Arbor? Kidney, man. That's what I like coming back Kidney for. Kidney on a stick. Kidney on a stick. Mm. I mean, mm. yeah, my wife doesn't. I cooked it once in the house, and that was it. I had to use the grill outside, <laughs> man. Uh, yeah. yeah, I know. I'm like, I, I can't cook menudo inside the house. Mm-hmm. Like, my wife's grill, but she don't like menudo, like the smell of the ishbo. Yeah. The tripe. That's about the only bad thing about it, though, is when you're cooking it, and it's, whoa. Yeah. Man, it, it's, it's a tough thing to get through, but, hey, the end result, especially this guy. You ever want some good menudo? This guy's, this guy's top-notch. November 5th, anniversary. That's yeah, what I'm Make saying. a big old pot. Man, that'll Spicy. be awesome, hey, Spicy menudo. Yeah. Mm-mm. I'll put some jalapenos in it. You got to get there early. Last time I showed up late to the party, and I had to dig around for the guts. Yeah. To dig deep for them guts. I'll get two packages of guts. <laughs> Be looking over at Josiah's bow. Hey, you need all that? <laughs> to have a bite then. What does yours taste like anyway? No, no comment. <laughs> Should I have a bite of your guts? <laughs> Just be like a little kid, sit down and be like, "I like menudo." <laughs> Oh, what are you eating, Menudo? I like Menudo. <laughs> um, the one thing I always used to like was those, remember they, they was fresh cut fries? Oh, oh yeah. 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 Are, I don't know why. I think it's just because of the, the atmosphere and everything. And yeah. They make the big old pile of fresh cut fries. And every time I eat them, man, I eat too much. And I get kind of ill yeah. after, but I still go back. I'll just do it again. Mm. Yeah, no, that, that's, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Benny's is it? What's that guy's? Uh, who's the stand? 
I, I don't even know who I, I couldn't tell you who I remember like Yeah are. I remember back in the day Like I had two older cousins Man they were always working In Crowfair Where are they at? Working They're working at the stand And, mm-hmm. and I think it was mm-hmm. One of those ones Where they They do like the fries Yep You know Our big old things that they had The curly ones yeah, too yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah 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 Those are big too Yeah Of course the lemonade Yeah Lemonade's always the popular one I remember one year My sister she had a stand Over there And it's like remember when you were first walking up, you weren't weren't in the they weren't in the circle, but they had that little like little alleyway when you're walking up like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And she said, "I don't want nobody to steal my stuff, so can you? I'll pay you to stay here." And of course, you know, pay me in booze. I'll do anything. Oh, yeah. So she had a little pup tent behind her her stand there, and one night we were sleeping like that. Next thing you know, man, somebody fell on that tent. Boom! Oh. <laughs> like almost hit my legs. Yeah. Oh, and before I could even get up and get out of there and to see who it was, they they jumped up and headed out. <laughs> but they felt somebody fell on my tent, my little oh. pup tent. Like, damn, this is kind of kind of rough over here in uh, Arbor Life. In this part yeah. of the this neighborhood. Part of, this part of the neighborhood. Hey, I wonder what those vendors think. The non-native vendors that come out. It's only one weekend. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost over. It's almost over. Look at all this. I don't think it them. They're used to it. I mean, Saturday I think fairs are like that in some aspect. You yeah, know, yeah, just yeah. the craziness. And, you know, yeah. like we were going through the Bellings Fair, you know, if, like last week. Just thinking like, man, this is older now. You know, you're paired yeah. down. To those, that was like the world. But you walk through it like, oh, this ain't very big. No, no, <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah. when you're young, yeah. yeah. The, the, how big the world was, you know. yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I was just saying that. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm going to make it. Don't worry. No, I was just saying that to my wife, like, about, um, like, it's like, man, this fair seemed like it was huge when we were kids. Yeah. Like, man, I felt like it took forever to go from one end to the other. But then, like, it really only takes a couple minutes. Yeah. <laughs> about five minutes, like, I was up and down it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, like, the Walmart parking lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. Man, I was pretty shocked at how many police, the presence. That's good, I was though. shocked. And, yeah, I, I, I was shocked, but I was thankful. Yeah. Just because of the shootings last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, man, they're everywhere. Yeah. So that was good. Glad they're stepping up. Stepping the game up. No, that's that was why we didn't go on Friday night was because of all the violence and stuff that's been happening at our uh Let's call them circuses. Yeah, because the other one was at Barry's Cherries just a couple months ago. You know, mm-hmm. like oh, like yeah. these are very like real stuff. But I had talked with my daughter, like, "Yo, we're not going to go not at nighttime. What we'll do is go during the day." We went during the day, saw the police presence, and man, it was good. We had a really good time. Yeah, it was fun. It yeah. wasn't wasn't too hot too. We went during the day on Saturday. See yeah. you there. Yep. Once some foot longs together. Yeah, once, yeah, once a couple foot longs. No, no camera footage though. Yeah. <laughs> off air, yeah. off air, yeah. off the record. Off <laughs> I, I remember this other time too. We were, we were, I won't say no names, but me and a couple of other prior boys were just outside of the arbor, and there's camps back there. But then you can go behind those camps, and then there's trees and bushes and stuff. Yeah. Standing back there drinking our liquor like that. Next thing you know, we've seen somebody come in with a flashlight. One of the bros like, oh, man, it's the cops. And holy cow, he, like there was no way you could possibly go through that, those trees and bushes. But it just disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> Sounded like a buffalo. And then the, 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 the other, there was two of us still standing there like, that. oh, man, what do we do? What do we do? And there was nowhere to go because yeah. he was coming the, the way that we came in. Yeah. 
So we were like, ah, oh, I think we they got it. here. It was uh, Snowbird. <laughs> <laughs> he was always on the beat. That guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Snowbird was on the case that night. Yeah. And like, what are you guys doing? And oh, shit, that Snowbird. So we just, ah, oh, man, forget this guy. We just walked right by and headed out. <laughs> Come to find out, man. Uh, next day we saw that. Our, our our buddy that took off, he's all scratched up. And <laughs> How'd you guys get away? And like, it was snowboarding. <laughs> Whatever happened to that guy? Oh, he, uh, passed. he, was he passed. passed away, but... Yeah. Um, yeah. Actually, that happened a couple of times, because one time we saw some red and blue lights at this holiday over here. <laughs> yeah. And here, come around the corner, and he was holding two of them, a red and a blue one. <laughs> he was on foot, and he had those lights. That time, everybody scattered, too. That's uh, <laughs> now, now that you bring him up, that's co- some of my earliest memories of Crow Fair. Remember, he used to uh, buy Crow Merc? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah he used to stand on one side and then put his walkie-talkie on the other his side. walkie-talkie, one foot down and one foot propped up against yeah. the wall. Yep, <laughs> With his chill. prop. Yep, with yep. His, that was his pose. Yeah, yeah. That was his signature move. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. then... um. Yeah, and then like more recent years, like he was always in the, like the last one in the parade, remember? Riding his bike, <laughs> oh man! Like he'd ride through, and then like he'd follow the last whatever in the parade. Wonder if he ever won any prizes? Oh, yeah. I don't know. Best calves, best calves, <laughs> best gut, yeah. <laughs> crow style, crow style belly, <laughs> best crow style belly, best crow belly. <laughs> <laughs> There's That's a little, little kid on a Shetland in front of him with that banner, Pro <laughs> Style Belly. <laughs> the only one in that um, category. Yeah. <laughs> Undisputed. <laughs> Nobody can contest. Uh, year after year. That's it. Tomorrow morning. That's it. First parade. Yeah. That's it. Parade manager. Yeah. Take it over and you create your new <laughs> oh, category. <laughs> must Ooh. be an uncle, must have a belly. We have to be, we have to be inclusive, so we got to do a woman's category that's. Just as equal, what would it be? Mm. So we got crow, men's crow belly. Would it be woman's crow belly? What? I'm glad you finished that because that might. <laughs> 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 Best muffin top. <laughs> Golden age category. <laughs> 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 Extra points if you show a little bit of skin. Men's grow belly. Yeah. <laughs> if you're taking crop. out the bottom of your shirt, that's extra that? points. What do you call those crop top crop top belly shirts? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Must have one. Your family paint on your belly. Oh. <laughs> Talk to Superman, get one, the good medicine one, but crop top. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Men's crow belly. And woman's crow. What'd you say? Muffin, Muffin top. top. Muffin top category. <laughs> Golden age category. Golden age, Golden age muffin top. <laughs> oh, you muffin tops, get out there on the dance floor. Hey. hey. <laughs> muffin tops. Uh, hey. <laughs> Just riding right behind the chairman. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> You gotta have that little strut too. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, that's too much. Anything else on Crow Fair? No, it's just good memories growing up and just yeah. seeing that. It's good to see something new, something to bring in and you know, grab. A, I remember just grabbing a bridle in the daytime. You can jump on your horse, go to the rodeo. 
come back, eat, clean up a little bit, and then go to the arbor in the evening. Yep. yep. Remember back in the day, too, man, it was so dusty. I got the campgrounds mm-hmm. before they paved all those roads. It was all dirt. Still, man, it was just like a cloud of dust. Constantly. Constantly. Did you ever do any uh, hooky bobby? Not there, but in prior, I did. When it only yeah. was snowing. That's I, the only time I did hoogie bob. I used to like to say <laughs> later on. I mean, of course, when we were little, little, we used to do that. But then later on, you grow up and you, oh, I'm too cool for that. But we stand there and watch and watch those guys get brake checked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Back, that's when they had those good metal bumpers, though. Remember, you could hang on to. <laughs> yeah, catch a face full of tailgate. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that was good times. <laughs> Did you ever hoogie bob? Oh, absolutely, man. This is required now, Jim. Yeah, yeah. yeah lots required. Of yeah. Third grade. Right of passage. That was a right of passage. Right of passage. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Where would you guys hoogie bob? At the Arbor is the best place. Shit, yeah. even right up there in the, the housing, housing area. Housing, yeah. yeah, we would hoogie bob housing area. Like, yeah. I don't, know, I don't know about on the on the pavement the, or the concrete, man. That's, well, little, that's concrete, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was snow, snow, though. Yeah. Yeah. That's when we mostly did was it was snowing. Yeah, hoogie bob, your glove gets stuck. Yeah, man, it was fun. Okay, again, I won't say any names, but we were doing that in prior when, and during the snow. Yeah, <laughs> we grabbed onto this girl's bumper and we were like, "Go!" Her <laughs> little car wouldn't go because of one person. <laughs> as soon as he let go, then her little car went, and the rest of us got to go. But <laughs> <laughs> the, the other guy was too a little too heavy. <laughs> that that car, car was discriminating. <laughs> Metro. <laughs> that, that little car tried its guts out, but it wouldn't wouldn't budge that. that High wine or what? Wouldn't, wouldn't budge that Indian that day. Dang, for real? Yeah, one soon, person. Yeah, and then as soon as he let go, then that then it took off or it started uh, to go. <laughs> Were you guys cheering? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think the only time I hooky Bob because I lived out in the country, so the only time I did was like if I stayed at my friend's house. That lived in housings yeah. prior, and we'd hoogie bobble in the wintertime. But I remember doing it, and those cars would turn on that one inside the housings, like a right angle turn, and it would slide, and we'd be sliding with the car. Oh. <laughs> kind of crazy stuff we did. <laughs> and it was fun, man. I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to going, going to Crow Fair and walking around, man. But I kind of have that phobia that you were talking about, remember? And not a phobia, but like, I think it's PTSD. <laughs> Yeah. Somebody gonna come and hit you? I don't know. Like you know? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, like just going to the arbor for me. Like I don't have that, but like if I went to that Sunday night thing, like the parties, like the party part, yeah, yeah I'd definitely be watching my back. But I, I mean, remember, I would. Know, I don't know what I'd be hmm. doing there, but if yeah. I went, I remember growing up though, the arbor was fair game anyway. Oh yeah, man, no, there, that's what it is. Yeah, there was a lot more fights. Like when we were growing up, yeah, I don't think there's like ever any now. I. I wouldn't know. I haven't been there, like there at night for a long time. But I mean, back in the days, dude. That I mean, there were people that that was their whole goal. Yeah, it was to get in the That's fight. That's why you, you went fight. to the round hall. Was to, I mean, not round hall, but the arbor. Uh, even round hall at the arbor, just right there, and we're in the middle. I mean, the powwow still going. Yeah, a lot of people just walking around, and all yeah. of a sudden, you see people just kind of make a circle, up, yeah, make yeah. a circle, and then there'd be two natives in there going at it. You, yeah, fighting. <laughs> Yeah, and then that, then, that was like the whole thing <laughs> from start to finish. <laughs> 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 you 
Yeah, I mean, that was my whole goal, too. Like, when I used to go to the Arbor as a kid, I'd try to get one of those seats where you're, like, on the top oh, of the yeah, bleachers and yeah, face the crowd. And then watch everybody walk by and look for a fight. Yeah. I never realized how high those were. Those are pretty high. Yeah, they And you sit there for too long and you try to jump yeah. off and your feet yeah. and sting. Yep. Yep, Grow yep. Grow fair. And then try to bust the mat. Hey, my cousin wants to all at you. <laughs> hey, no, not you. Someone, you. Yeah, someone wants to go out with you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I didn't know what that meant. Yeah. Like, what? What? Uh, hmm? Okay. <laughs> that, that That is how, yeah, I remember it. Someone wants to go out with you. Which one? And, oh, man. They're waiting under the bleachers. Okay. <laughs> and, and, the round hole. <laughs> Tell them I'll meet them at Two Lakens. <laughs> Now that's a whole different topic. Two legged, yeah. Man, there was fights there all the time. At least two, three of them. Just looking at, just looking back at, just chaos. Yeah, yeah. Two, two, three hundred people there. Just everybody, everybody ramping up at two closing time. Yeah, town town pump. Yeah, follow. Let's go. Let's go. I remember I was always the cousin that never got to go. You know. Yeah, I never made it over there. Really? Really? Yeah, I've only. I mean, it. I did like at the end, but it yeah. wasn't. Yeah, yeah, it was already over. Like, yeah, I got to go maybe. Yeah, not that many times. Maybe three, four times I went. Mm-hmm. I remember one time, another little cop when the cops busted up the, the party stories. <laughs> we were over there with, uh, with the. Oh, and this I knew this kid from Chamawa, and he's from uh, Lame Deer. Mm. He was rolling with us, and the cops came and started, and everybody started leaving. And he, all he had to do was jump in the car, and we would have drove off because all of us were in there, and we we're like, "Get in, get in, let's go, let's go." And we watched him. He panicked, and he started running the other way. And next thing you know, and he went to the other side. He swam to the other side of that water, and I don't know whatever happened to him. Dang, I don't know because the, the girls yeah. that we were with, they they took off. Yeah, they just peaced out. Huh? Yeah, dang. Then you never seen him again. Oh, I seen him after that, but oh, I don't, that, not that night, though. Oh, I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, when the party gets busted, it's when they have the big shakeup, like, that yeah. you know you're in a car you didn't even come with. Everybody's just jumping in the cars <laughs> and you take off. Yeah. You kind of only um, know him just a little bit, but you're still jumping in anyway. It's cool. Yeah. Go, go, go. Room. Go, go, room. Let's go. Just to the campgrounds. Give me to the campgrounds. Yep. But yeah, mm. he took the water route that night. <laughs> I did was where we were right there, and the door was open. Get in! But yeah. he took off the other way. I wonder if he got <laughs> stuck out there. I he, I don't know. I mean, I think later on, I remember him telling me that he he was walking back, and somebody picked him up, or he was walking yeah. on the road, and somebody picked him up. Yeah, mm. yeah. I never made it out to two leggings too much. I think I only made it out to like one or two years, but it was only like once or twice. Yeah, but yeah, it would like like he said, and it was chaos. It's just, but it seemed like. At the time, you know, you enjoy every minute of it. Those not f- not really knowing, you know, just how sketched out it really was. Oh, man, it yep. was super sketched. Yeah, I think it just got worse over time, and I think it lost its flavor or yeah, whatever, yeah. You want, whatever you want to call it. You know? Yeah, yeah just, just the lure. Well, the violence. I mean, yeah, because yeah, it wasn't like extreme now. It stopped yeah. being fun. Yeah. Yeah. When I think, like, it was fun, though, when we didn't have as much, I guess, like, you know what I mean? Like, now family men, like, growing up being a man, like, that's not cool, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Like going out there in the middle of nowhere, partying, violent. It's not cool. True, 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 true. It's definitely true, and it, it it's crazy because 
Like, I, I don't know, like, how we can get these younger generations to realize that before it's too late. Yeah. Because I'm surprised a lot of us didn't get a lot more, you know, injured, we'll say. Yeah. From, the you know, just the batshit crazy stuff we used to do, man. Like. Yeah, and putting yeah. ourselves in those, like, real sketchy situations. situations. Yeah. <laughs> and environments and, man, alcohol and just people with really bad uh intentions well i was gonna say more like um core belief <laughs> yeah right like yeah. you know because some people i mean like i said like there's people like that was their whole intent that whole day was just like that's what they were gearing up for yep just find somebody to pick a fight with <clears throat> yeah yeah definitely we live raw we live rough <laughs> we live raw at crow fair yeah, this year I won't be able to hear the camp crayers waking me up because I'm not camping this year, so I'm going to miss out on that. Okay. Mm. I always like to go down and watch the um, start of the teepee creeper. Um, that's always cool. There's like a bunch of people there. You can go visit. Mm-hmm. The big run? Yeah, the big teepee creeper run. Mm-hmm. Randy, you should sign up this year. Yeah. I think I'm going to book, book, book. You hear me running down the road. They have a walk. <laughs> You have a mile walk. I should, huh? Yeah. You can kill two birds with one stone, bro. Crow yeah. belly and a teepee. <laughs> well, I'm up for the crow belly category. <laughs> the over the hill category? Yeah. Or what, what is the... Huh? What would I be? I'm 40 years old now. What category would top I be? Top of the hill. <laughs> top of the hill. <laughs> Almost to the top. <laughs> the gas cap category. <laughs> You're not Black Canyon yet. <laughs> <laughs> did you guys ever slang paints at uh, Crow Fair? Yeah. Yeah, I did too. Mm-hmm. Well, I helped my cousin. She was slanging them with her cousins. And then I said, oh, give me a couple of those. I'll go sell them. And I had those big old Jinko shorts. Yeah. Big pockets. <laughs> and I just put those paints in there. And I went to the arbor with my buddies. Let's go sell these. I always thought we were gangsters. <laughs> thought we were gangster. I was plugged out. <laughs> <laughs> no man, we sold yeah, we sold half pine trees to take cases and stuff down there, but we never made no money. We ended up drinking it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's one of those moments you got high on your own supply. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just supplied for one day, you yeah, know. Yeah. Learn at that moment, looking back, like yeah, I was an alcoholic. I wasn't very good at selling alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what, was what was it for like a box? It was like fifty bucks, wasn't it? hundred bucks? Yeah, they weren't that much. Yeah. They yeah. weren't yeah. Even if you sold them at five bucks, you yeah. if you sold them all, yeah. But not Randy. <laughs> not Randy, <laughs> you drank it. Yeah, drank out that. Drank the profit now. Yeah, no, Randy. <laughs> Ishbu was the profit margin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember when I bought those planes like uh, a few crow fairs ago. Well, a long crow fair, about nine, ten years ago now. Um, the camp was like right next to the arbor, like right across the street from those cops. Wow. And like my buddy was like, these guys are selling pints. And then I walked over there with him. And that dude came out of his TP and he was like looking around. I said, how many do you want? And I just went like this, put up two fingers. And he went back in his TP. I gave him the money. And he came back and he's like walked right up to me and like handed them to me. I grabbed them and I put them in my pocket. We turned around and walked away. Right in front of the cops? Yeah, the cops were like right across Damn. the street. <clears throat> okay, so check this out. Here's a here's a one. Okay, so we're, we know how you're, you said you sit backwards on those top yeah. seats. Yeah. 
waiting for a fight to happen. Yeah. And we were sitting up there like that, and uh, no names. Uh, one of the homies came up, and he was talking to us. He was standing there. Yeah. And then another dude that we knew came over from this side. They must have had a little beef together, and then yeah. they started arguing, and then they were going to scrap. Yeah. Here, that first guy really whipped out his, his pint. Hold this! <laughs> Try to hand it to us, and we're like, hey! <laughs> <laughs> and remember, remember they used to have that... that uh, Crow's Nest right there where the parks, uh, the cops would park right underneath oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right across from there. But they were about to scrap and then, like, like right in the middle of the pile, a pe- bunch of people walking around and he whipped out his, his um, booze and was like, here, hold this. And he started squaring up. They were like, hey, no, no, no. Did anybody no, grab it? No, I don't think. Or no, oh. somebody must have because after that they started swinging. But <laughs> but we were sitting up there and we were like, oh, hey, man, put, get that away from us. Yeah, put that pulled, juju on me. Yeah, he just whipped that bottle out and he's trying to just like in front of everybody, like, here, hold this. Dang. <laughs> like, oh. Man, crazy kids. Nuts. All right, man. You guys feeling warmed up? Yes, sir. Anybody got one more? Does anybody have anything burning? <laughs> no comment. Any burning no. desires? <laughs> All right. Let's get, a, let's get going into this article. Or, right, yeah, let's get to the main topic here. So, DJ, if you're ready, why don't you hit me with that beat? Yo, let's get into our topic. Yo, let's get into our topic. If you ask me after the show, I'll tell you some names. All right, that's what I like to hear. <laughs> and then tell me off air that time you got manhandled. I'll tell you right now. <laughs> <laughs> Her name was Rasputia. (laughs) Okay, so we're in Unspoken Words, episode 147. Um, State opioid response. And we're looking at this article about Dr. Gaber Mate. Um, And Dr. Gaber, or Dr. Mate, he is, uh, he was born in Budapest, Hungary. Uh, 1944, still alive, and <clears throat> but he uh, immigrated to Canada 1956 and went to college, went to university, uh, University of British Columbia, became a high school English teacher for a while, uh, and then went back to the university, got his MD, and did private practice, um, and so on and so forth. But through his uh, own just kind of experience and research. Uh, he wrote a book, uh, and it's called Ten Years After in the Realm of Hungry Ghosts." Um, oh wait, hold on, that's not the name of it's the In the Realm of Hungry Ghosts: oh, yeah. Close Encounters with Addiction. Yep, and his book is really about um, <clears throat> how our trauma really feeds into our addiction and because he dealt with a lot of individuals through his practice that were, um, what is that, uh, dual diagnosis. They had behavioral health issues and behavioral health diagnoses and substance abuse use disorder. and um, <clears throat> So that's kind of where, that's what the book's about. 
and I wanted to read these questions in this interview and then read his response and then we'll go from there as far as like just the reaction, what your guys' reactions are, initial reactions to it, and then we'll have we'll we'll let it do what it do. So, first question is why was it important for you to oh wait, no no, I'm not gonna talk about the book. Oh yeah, I was just do the book. Why was it important to you to re release the book? with an update on opioid crisis and then his answer since the book was published 10 years ago it's had a quite a renaissance in this country and in the u.s and abroad people far flung have told me that it saves their lives it changes the view of addiction or it made a big difference in their families but the fundamental issue is that the book addresses the origins of addiction a sane and humane way of treating addiction of all kinds has not become mainstream practice or awareness yet. So I think the message is very important, especially in light of the current opioid overdose crisis, where we're seeing untold numbers of people dying for preventable reasons. Mm-hmm. And I think, <clears throat> you know, I believe like what he's like alluding to and what we'll get into a little bit more later, I mean, what, throughout this interview is that like he has that holistic approach. And like that's that well-brighty model, addressing your um, mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being on a daily basis. And then that's like what's worked for me. Um, that was like okay. When I opened up the well-brighty book and started reading, I was like, okay, this is what's going to work for me. I finally found what's going to work for me. And now <clears throat> it's open up to you guys as far as you know his response to that initial question. Well, I mean, he does make a pretty valid point about, you know, today compared to 10 years ago. And I was watching Mm -hmm. this, um, shoot, I can't even remember what the name of the program was on TV. But they were saying that, that, like, opioids, like heroin and stuff like that, it was kind of really sick. Oh, it was something about grunge, grunge music. Oh, really? Yeah. And then, but, you know, like... um, like when Nirvana and all those guys came out, yeah. um, heroin was really big in that scene. But they were saying for musicians, or for, I guess, people, general population, they, they said it was kind of cyclical. Because, uh-huh. you know, it, first it would be heroin, and then it would be cocaine, and then it mm-hmm. would be meth, and then, you know, and all these things. that. But he said for those people, it was like, it was always there. Like musicians, mm-hmm. musicians always use those uh, harder opioids like that. Yeah, but now it's like with this stuff that's coming out now, it's it's like a whole different ball game because it's like one time it's lethal. Yeah, even if you touch it, even if you touch it, like you just absorb it through your skin. And I know like th- that that's true with other drugs too, but um, I don't know that I've ever heard of anybody overdosing from touching like meth. I know they get high, mm-hmm. like you know when they handle it all the time. I don't know about cocaine, but, but yeah, you, like you barely touch this stuff and you, you you get the wrong dose and and you fall asleep and you don't wake up. Wow, you're talking about uh, fentanyl? Yeah, fentanyl, like yeah. the liquid, yeah, the chemicals. Yeah, the, yeah. I mean, just and <clears throat> it's just it, it's a it's a scary thing when you think about it. Yes, it's like man, because I I really don't. You know, I, I can't compare it to anything that I've ever really... Okay, okay, maybe alcohol, because you can get alcohol poisoning, too. Pretty easy, but... Um, yeah, I mean, 
today compared to 10 years ago, it's like it's like night and day. I think yeah. So uh, it, I think it's a, it is a good thing that you know you kind of what did he say? We'll call it a re-release or whatever. Yeah, re-releasing. Now I think it's kind of cool because, <clears throat> especially we had uh, another episode. Remember dealing about the the injection site in New York City, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, but with this, I, I think, man, I do believe in. I, I think, I think it's a good resource to have in this time to second what JC is saying, especially with the fentanyl overdose mm-hmm. or with the fentanyl crisis going on. Like, bro, like, we need all the information that we can get out there, out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and if this book was effective 10 years ago, I think it can be effective again today. True. You know, because we're, it's like just a second wave of, like, not second, but, like, just this wave of opioids is crazy. Second coming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's what it does. That's what it's designed to do, right? Like, the drug is designed to relax your respiratory system until you do pass away. Yep. But it, it's such a crisis now that they're freaking putting it in everything, like we say over and over. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. um, cutting you know cutting all the harder the harder drugs with with the fentanyl, um, spraying the marijuana, the you know the stuff that's on the street, like spraying that with fentanyl. Like, bro, it's crazy. Yeah, so this is a good resource. And I and I like the point you made or you, that you brought up was like if it was effective ten years ago, it should be effective today because you know. Those truths don't change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, so there's certain truths that'll just always be there. And, you know, kind of going back to what Josiah was saying, that holistic approach. And I know that for me, like, man, there was all these things that I've tried and I just never felt like, you know, this doesn't seem like it fits me. Yeah. yeah. Like, this is not. like it, Okay. But maybe I, I think maybe my part of part of that reason was is because I wasn't ready yet. Oh yeah, true. And you gotta you gotta be ready, and you gotta be ready to take that on. I was kind of halfway into it, can't half ass it, as we always say. Yeah, yeah. full ass. Got to go full ass, no one cheeking. Oh, but, um, the whole peach. <laughs> <laughs> the whole peach. The whole peach in. So yeah, I mean, like, so that holistic approach too is like a a, a, a huge thing um, for me. And especially that, you know, the cultural idea of it, because, you know, our culture is different from everyone else's. And to kind of go back to that, to that self-identity, that identifier as me as an indigenous person. Okay, well, what does that mean? I mean, what does that really, truly, honestly mean? Yeah. Like, oh, I got a, a tribal ID, I'm an Indian. But, you know, really, well, to me, like, personally... And those four areas that he mentioned, what does that mean? Yeah. And to explore that and to really get into it and say, okay, this is who I am and this is who I want to be from here on out. Mm, right on, right on. So it's <clears throat> so with the sore stuff, I could have been actually working on this type of stuff. I've, I think one of the first ones that kind of approaching the organization I work for really addresses the I think we do the MAT approach now you know mm-hmm. um, we think we're involved with the first wave in Montana that did that with the Suboxone to really counterbalance or counter I don't know that's the approach I've kind of been exposed to in a, prof- or in a professional environment in yeah. our organization and you know but that's one thing is like the the doctor who brought it this type of treatment really touched on needing the 
coupled with the chemical dependency counseling yeah. and all that, yeah, it's like you have to have both. Or you know, you can't have can't be throwing more on the fire type thing. You know, yeah. Like, Trading one for the other, you got to be coupled with that treatment and everything mm-hmm. there. So, yep. yep. Um, so, you're talking about the medically assisted treatment? Yep. 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 Matt? Yep. And that's just one aspect I've seen where, what do you call it? So, I was just looking back at a lot of this stuff, though. Thanks to me and Josiah, we were talking a while back about this whole thing. I remember having a procedure done back in the day, man. And I mean, the article touches on how people react. Sometimes it's like the physical. Addiction. Addiction, yeah, for a lot of people, but how it affects everybody at the brain level, you know, I think that's just where they're trying to address, like, to rewire that. Yeah. You know, and I remember back when I had probably my only bout of, like, I think I mentioned before when I was here last, like, like there's a lot of things I tried once and never did again, you know? Yeah. yeah. And one of them was by chance. I think just uh, the, um, had a procedure done back in the day when I was all locked up. <laughs> <laughs> had an infection go on, and here, uh, Anyway, it got infected and had to cut me open and wow. clean me out and everything. And so one of the things I said, yeah, I mean, it, it hurt. Yeah, it was sore and it was painful to walk on. And so I was at the IHS down in Crow and they gave me, I don't know what they were, I mean, they were obviously pain pills, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure there were opioids. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And so that was just, that's what they gave me. And so like I said, I'm taking the advice of the doctor and I think what happened was maybe I had a Dose too close to the one before. Yeah. And then my reaction was, shoot, like I had a brownout. Like, that's the best way I can explain it. Like, by the way, I had these, like, dreams, like, oh, my gosh, it was crazy. Like, basically, like, this demonic. Like, yeah. Describe the dreams. It's that? Just devilish, haunting, but basically scary. Scary. Yeah. Vivid. Errors. Yep. yep. It was Wicked, like that's just say the best way I could do that demonic. And when I came out of it, people were there. Mm-hmm. I just kind of pop up and sat up, and all I said was, uh, "Oh, they're trying to. I think they're trying to give me another dose. Like, stay on that regiment." Yeah. yeah. And I said, I woke up and I was like, I can't remember what I said. I just kind of regurgitate what they said to me. I woke up and I just looked up and I said, I was just sweating and everything and looking up yeah. and I was just like, I don't want no more. I'm fucking scared. Yeah. Yeah. And I just. I, yeah, and I said, I'll tough it out. Give me some ibuprofen. Ibuprofen. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And after that, I never took pain pills. I never, I just, I never forgot that. I just, yeah. had, yeah. I just had that reaction, yeah. I just had that reaction. Just never. Even then, like, I had a couple of things happen. Busted fingers, broken fingers. Um, even had a, my manhood changed. No, I had the procedure, you know, and then what yeah. do you call it? Yeah, and I got prescribed Oxycontin, mm. but just I just left it on the paper and never cashed it in. You know, I was like, no, I'll just take, give me, give me yeah. the horse, the horse peel version of ibuprofen. You know, I'll be yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just, Tylenol threes, yeah. man. Even, even those that, are yeah. tough. Don't know the ibuprofen, the 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 strong one. Mm-hmm. Those are even hard, like to take for me. Because mm-hmm. No, it's funny reading all that because I, I studied that in my when I was going through the addictions counseling. Okay, in, at MSU and here, uh, you said tying all three. Yeah, yeah. So did you hear the story about that? Huh. So when they first mass produced those, and that's kind of where they realized that they were flying off the shelf because they had the coating Tylenol with coating. That's basically what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. got coating in it. Yep. And then so, whatever the, the drug company, probably Bayer or whatever it was, whatever. Um, so they had a secret buyout. What they did instead of 
they knew they created a problem, I think. Yeah. I'm trying to re- remember how it first went out. They knew they created a problem. Yeah. So nationwide, they secretly sent people out to rebuy all of them. Oh. Instead of recalling them, yeah. they sent them out to rebuy them. Dang. And basically get them off the shelves. And yeah. Not, and then not re-release them. Dang. Yeah, because I remember people were talking about Tyrone yeah. 3s. Oh, they released them? I remember that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, but, but then the coding part, which is what, heroin? The, the, the base part of it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's just where, like I said, all the different levels of heroin and... So I think that's where the real pandemic came in. So if you guys watch some of those uh, episodes or those shows that had to do with that Purdue Pharma, that co- that family, mm-hmm. yeah. So Sackler, yeah, Sacklers, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's actually a new show. I haven't finished watched. I haven't started it yet though. I can't think I watched the first episode. That's on um, Apple. I think it's Apple. Yeah, it's one of them. Hulu had one out too. That was pretty good. With that had kind of talked about the the, pan- the epidemic. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, just like I think just. I think there was the good intentions at first. They probably made it quiet, and they thought, I think they tried to rethink it. Yeah. Medically. Medically, yeah. I should say. Yeah, I think with a lot, of, I mean, just like still experimenting like mm-hmm. on the masses, pretty much, because like early 1800s, like cough medicine had like cocaine, mm-hmm. heroin. Yep. THC. Mm-hmm. Soda used to have Coke. Yeah. Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola, Yeah. yeah. So it's like, man, they're just like, almost seems like it was scripted. Yeah. Like they're feeding us. No pun intended. <laughs> but I think just like different perception of how like, well, this the Sackler family, you know, like how they reward and how they, well, just like, like us being a recovering alcoholics or, you yeah. know, like how yeah. I mean, we look back at our thinking, you just like remember those moments, how you twisted it yeah. to trick yourself or yeah. talk yourself into it. Mm-hmm. So this family kind of, I mean, the way they kind of portray it is like, how can we rebrand this basically yeah, yeah, and yeah. put it out there and say it's safer when it's more powerful, you know? Man, man, that's crazy. So you guys, do you at your urban center, uh, your urban clinic for Native Americans, do you have a MAT program? Yeah, it's been, mm-hmm. it's probably one of the first ones in Montana, but yeah. yeah. It's, so it's, it's, how's it going? I mean. I think it's going pretty well. Yeah. Because I know on average, like when I was an addiction counselor, they like the national average for like addiction counselors, like your patients having success is 30%. Mm-hmm. And it don't even matter. Like what, if you're the best counselor in the world, your average is still going to be 30%. Oh, wow. Um, so, I mean, do you have, do you know those kind of numbers with your guys' MAT program as far as success? I think it's a pretty good success rate. Cause I think they stay coupled with Treatment? aftercare and oh, okay. especially in the peer support realm. Like a wraparound service, um, and they really like taper services that fall, yeah, yeah, and they taper them off. Yeah, and I think that's the original. I don't know about tapering. I don't really pay attention to whole oh, much yeah, of that. Yeah. yeah, but I just know that part of the program is if you're a patient, mm-hmm. you have to be, you have to have also be enrolled in counseling services, and basically that's what I meant by wraparound services. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you there's you like, can't just have the one where like. So I think what usually happens we see is that a lot of these clinics out there there's yeah. some clinics that just prescribe yeah like there's some here in town yeah yeah and but they don't have no but there's they're not no, all, there's no follow through there's no accountability yeah the therapy portion of it ain't yeah. there yeah, yeah. yeah. just so that's good and that's kind of what he touched on when he first started talking too was that trauma or that underlying cause right like mm-hmm. got to get to the root of the problem mm-hmm. otherwise it just manifests itself again 
Yeah, I like the part where he says you can't punish genes. Yeah. You know, because that's what we're starting to see is like addiction isn't a choice that somebody made. Addiction is, is something that we find out along the way, right? Like, mm-hmm. Growing up, like, I never wanted to be alcoholic. I never wanted to be addicted. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Like, it was, I just couldn't turn it off. True. True, true, true. You know? And I think, yeah, it's a good segue. Let's move on with this uh, yeah. interview. Um, and then we'll we'll keep this conversation going. It's good. It's good. Uh, what's the most, so this is the question, what's the most common false assumption that's made about people struggling with addiction? And Dr. Mate, there are two dominant ones. The first one is that addiction is a choice. That somebody makes that's that people choose to be addicted and therefore they need to be punished for it because how do we deal with bad choices? We punish them. Now, the other belief, which is the mainstream medical perspective, which is more humane and more forward looking, is that addiction is a disease of the brain that's more or less inherited genetically. That at least doesn't blame people because you don't blame people for genes they inherit, like Randy said. And it it offers the possibility of treatment rather than punishment, but it also ignores the historical, social, and personal factors rooted in trauma that really are the causes of addiction. And that really reminds me of how when I heard adults talking about someone struggling with addiction, like they painted them as a bad individual, mm-hmm. you know, like like they were doing evil or they were... They weren't living up to their potential and so on and so forth. So it was black and white, um, like one extreme. So, like, if you weren't drinking, then you were doing God's work, you know, just for that fact alone. But if you were trying to do God's work and you occasionally had a beer or whatever, then you were a backslider or you were um, not really a believer, Mm-hmm. And this type. So that's the type of language. So that was like imprinted in my brain. And even to this day, it still it still comes out. That lens still comes out. And that's how I start seeing people. And I got I to gotta pull back and remind myself I'm, I'm a humble man. <laughs> <laughs> At my core, I'm humble. I'm humble. No, but um, so, yeah, I mean, with that, I mean, like punishing that choice. I mean, it's not a choice, though, but. I can see a lot of that from normies when they talk about addiction. I just want to tell them to shut the F up, man. It's like, you don't even know. Yeah. You know, when they start going off, either like in social media or in public somewhere in a conversation, and they're like, and then they start talking about something they know nothing about. They made that choice, too. Yeah, they made a choice. Like, one, I remember one lady, she came right up to me and, like, at the talking circles. She came to the talking circle, she sat through it, and then afterwards she was like, but don't you know that addiction is a choice? And you can't sway me any other way. It's a choice. And I sat there and I was like, it's not, and I'm not going to argue with you. Get out. Yeah. That would have pissed me off, yo. No, I mean, like, yeah, kind of going off of what both of you guys just said, like Randy said, like I didn't choose to be an alcoholic. Yeah. And I sure as hell didn't choose to do all the fucked up shit that I did while I was drinking. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like I said, I'm going to go out and hurt somebody today. Yeah. In some shape or form or other, you know. Yeah. I'm going to go hurt myself. I'm going to go hurt my family, my community, you know. It's not like I, yeah, and 
and there was those times, you know, those moments of clarity when you're like, yeah, this is bad. I should stop. I need help. But then you keep on going. Yeah. You keep doing it. And it's like, I don't know anybody that would choose that. I mean, like, you'd have to be pretty messed up individual. Like, if you, okay, so here's the thing. If you, if it really was a choice and you actually chose to do those things, Mm -hmm. then, yeah, there's probably some deeper-rooted issues. Yeah. Um, And that being said, you know, I... You, I have to take responsibility and hold myself accountable for the things I've done because that there was that point where I knew, okay, what I'm doing isn't good. And it all has to do with, say, drugs and alcohol. Mm-hmm. And so in order to stop that negative behavior, I have to take out that one factor that, you know, is kind of the root cause of all that. But how do I get rid of that? drug that that substance abuse part of it without addressing the underlying issues of that mm-hmm. so it's kind of multi-layered because um, i knew that when i use and i and i do those things i made bad decisions yes and so the, you can't say oh well you, like you can't i don't let myself off the hook by saying oh i was just drunk because i knew that when i'm drunk i do dumb shit yeah right so you can't really say can't that argument for me doesn't hold water but at the same time, not knowing how to address those underlying issues, though, that core root of all that stuff, you know, yeah. um, that that historical trauma, that that uh, the the societal things, and you know, I mean, I I don't have to explain it to people that you know, you guys all grew up on the res too, and we know what that's like, as far as you know, growing up in that kind of environment, so. I mean, it's just, it just goes to show that it's not something, like, it's not a moral failing. It's not a sign of weakness. And it sure as hell isn't a choice because, do you ever see those old school uh, anti-drug commercials? And they show this guy running and he can hear a little kid's voice on the voiceover. And he goes, when I grow up, I want to be a track star. And that guy's running in slow-mo and then right behind him, they kind of show there's a cop right behind him and reaches out and grabs (laughs) him. And it says nobody ever says they want to be a drug addict when they get older or yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think yeah, I remember, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so yeah. I mean, that's what I thought of when you guys were talking just now. Is that old commercial? Like, yeah, nobody says that. Mm-hmm. So there's more to it than that. Like for, to have some lady come in and say, "Oh, it's a choice." Uh, boredom is a choice. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like that's a choice, but <clears throat> addiction is not. Mm-hmm. Definitely. You guys got anything else on that? No, I, I think, like, I mean, just to hammer uh, that thing home, I was in conversation about a week or two ago where the person was talking about, you know, they're currently incarcerated, but they were talking about, like, man, like, there was a relapse, right? Of yeah. This person, like, cheeks some pills. Mm. And as the effects started, you know, taking over, this person had the thought of, like, why am I doing this? Yeah. Like, I don't even want to get high. Yeah. But the opportunity presented itself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, this person didn't... Con- well, I mean, obviously, she constantly made made this decision, but this person, like, it wasn't their intention, like, when they got in that medline, like, yo, like, I'm going to take these pills, I'm going to cheek them, I'm going to get high later. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, that wasn't part of the thing. It was more of, like, a okay... 
and it just happened and then we kind of replayed the the thing like what was going on and it was like man i was just bored mm. you know like when you talk like we talked the thing down and then we're like okay well what was going on what was the thought process what you know and yeah. it turns out it was like there was a little part in this person where they wanted to try it because they knew they weren't supposed to. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's the oh, way yeah. addiction works. Like, we're locked up. We don't have no intention of using, but it still happens. Well, I think one of the things that usually happens, too, or the possibility is, like, like saying, like, the drinking's getting me in trouble and everything, but, hey, try this. Yeah. Mm. Switch. Know. Yep, switch and you know try different things and and then it's too bad like opioids they are for probably for the most part get you long enough and your brain's rewired yeah what do you call it those receptors things yeah. like that that's the thing it, it rewires attaches off yeah. onto yeah and so it's like it's very addictive that's you know yeah and I think it's like a misconception. That they're safe because they're being prescribed by a doctor. And that's a lie. That's a huge lie. And I think, <clears throat> like you were sharing, when your father passed, people were at your house a couple hours later. Dog, immediately. And then, and then, like, Craig shared that, too, with his dad. His dad wasn't even gone yet, and there are people banging on the door asking for pills. Yeah. So, like, I could see it how, like, someone that's addicted to those over-the-counter or prescribed Opioids, like, like ah, it's cool, man. It's prescribed by a doctor. Yeah, you know, and then they just believe that lie, and they, that lie feeds them to keep going and using. Because I lied to myself; I didn't have a problem. I wasn't an alcoholic because I wasn't on the street. Yeah, I wasn't homeless. I had a job. I had a car. I had an apartment. So I wasn't an alcoholic. I could have a career, have my own spot, um, because the alcoholic in my mind was like, like the street folks, you know, people that drink and ruin their lives and then just stay drunk all the time. Can't hold it together. Yeah. So that, <clears throat> so that disease of the mind, when I went to my first treatment, 2014, year before I started walking Red Road, like that was my pink cloud, knowing that I had a problem. And admitting, finally admitting to myself that I had a problem, that was a disease of the mind, and I was like, oh, that's what's wrong with me. That was my pink cloud. I wrote it for like eight, eight months. Uh-huh. And then, but when, you know, shit hit the fan in my life, then I was just like, it was over. And I, was, I wasn't plugged in. I wasn't working on this program. And poor me. And I think, <clears throat> you know, on, on top of all that, like, you know, when we're talking about, like, your brain's being rewired. Mm-hmm. Um, to go back to what Randy said earlier about uh, this incarcerated person, that wasn't their intent in that line, that med line. Yep. But they did it anyway. And then, so, like, UK, so on the one level, there is that conscious decision. But then again, if your brain is rewired, there's that subconscious, too. Like, the part that we're not even aware of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, like, that is just hardwired in there until you go in there and you have to dig it out and change it you have to it it takes work to change root it out yeah you gotta that root it out conscious part so i and you touched on it too about how we talk to ourselves as addicts and alcoholics like how we convince ourselves of things mm-hmm. even though like okay i know this is wrong 
I know this is bad, but I'm doing it anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, so I mean, yeah, there is that so, that conscious that awareness of going. Yeah, no, that the the awareness of saying, okay, if I go into this store and get a beer, then bad things are going to happen. Right, we know that, but it, we still go through it anyway. And then I think it's that it's that deeper level of thinking that we're not really aware of because it's become so hardwired. Mm-hmm. It's become so um, embedded in our subconscious. I, that, that for me played a big role in it. So, like, I had to. I mean, if you really want to, um, like, if I wanted to get to the root of the problem, I had to d- dig deep into there. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I can't answer these conscious questions without saying, okay, but that has to come from somewhere. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, definitely. And I like to read this piece right here. On one of his answers, he says, we now know that the human brain develops in interaction with the environment and that, <clears throat> and that which circuits develop and which brain chemicals will be present depend, on, depend very much on the emotional environment in which the child grows up. We know how this works on a biochemical and neurophysiological level. The problem is that the brain develop, the brain developmental science has not been taught in medical schools yet. Even though it's 30 years old, it still hasn't entered the medical curriculum. Um, said, I don't rule out some genes that may have played a role, and I don't rule out other factors, but I'm saying trauma is the common significant factor. Yeah, so, and, oh, good. I, I was just going to say, you know, going off of that, like another thing that I learned too about the brain is that it's it's like such a small part of our total body weight. Yeah, but it uses a like a big chunk, like almost twenty percent of the energy. And so, as a, an evolutionary tactic, our brain finds ways to conserve energy. And so if there are things that are hardwired into our brain, those pathways, if they're stronger, it's just going to automatically go to that because it's easier for it to do. But if you stop and have to think about something, and then it, your, your brain doesn't like that because it's using a lot of energy. It takes a lot of energy to, I guess, think, yeah, for lack of a better term. I mean, that's what it is. But So, you know, your brain's automatically going to go to those pathways that are faster and easier and that are already, I guess, stronger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it conserves that energy, like just thinking of it from a um, neuroscientific kind of thing. Yeah. And I think like um, like you're saying boredom is a choice, and that's kind of like this walking the red road, I've never been bored because, like, I see it as peace. You know, I got some time to chill. And if I just sit there, like, in the living room and just, like, I'm home alone, which is very rare. I just sit there and just chill. Quiet. Quiet. You know, nothing on. I saw you say that the other day. What you're experiencing, what you call boring, is actually peace. Yeah. I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> and I remember my kids used to say, you know, I, I'm bored. And somewhere along the line in my my addiction counseling that I received somebody told me that he's like yeah boredom is a choice so I used to tell them so oh you're bored well you're choosing to be bored that's where your head is at that's where your thoughts are going yeah oh there's nothing to do well if you think about it like that then yeah duh it's gonna seem boring but if you think well you know what I'm not doing anything and I don't have to do anything yeah let's just enjoy this moment yeah 
Mm-hmm. I remember back yeah, early on, like recovering. I remember that first time I had that happen. Like just kind of understanding, like that's what's going on. It's like, oh my gosh, like my head ain't busy or yeah. it's quiet. Mm-hmm. You know, like that, like holy cow, is that what that feels like? Or, you know, because you're always running through things. Yeah, you know, your mind's racing. You know, and running the numbers. Yep. Yeah, doing the putting together your hit list and yep. you know, you're just mad, angry, and what do you call it? <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I mean, a lot of this, too, we're talking about, too. I think a lot of the intentions are, you know, I mean, yeah, there are people who are really are in pain and things like that, but I just didn't think they realized that there's that somewhere along the way they were getting rewired and just the dependencies were being developed, you know. Yeah, I think yeah, that's yeah. where a lot of the intentions were was to, of course, yeah, when you're treating, well, like I said, I had procedures, I had surgeries, and yes, my leg hurt like hell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I took that stuff, and then, like I said, I didn't like what happened, and mm-hmm. I was done. Oh yeah, for sure. And like, we there's that trauma. Then we got the PTSD or the physical pain. And then the way we're wired too is like, we want to escape all that. Mm. You know, we don't want to be in the here and now. Mm-hmm. So that's like our. That's the bottom line with all like all addicts, and alcoholics. You know, we don't want to be in the present. We don't want to be here. So we're going to use whatever to escape, whether that's opioids, whether that's alcohol, street drugs, gambling, sex, shopping, food, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And I find myself, even now, I catch myself like, you know, we're coming up on my dad's birthday and he passed two, two and a half years ago now. Um and it's his birthday. He would have been 74. And leading up to it, it is like kind of weighs on my heart. And then like alone time or there's quiet time, man, I find myself like just reaching for my phone and trying to look up something or look at shoes or jump on social media and start scrolling instead yeah. of filling that. Yeah. You know, I'll catch myself doing that. And I'm like, man, I don't even want to be on my phone right now. I should just feel this. So I'll allow myself to feel it. You know, that sadness, that that grief. Tossing your phone. Yeah, I'm just leaving my phone alone. It's like, okay, my, I'm trying to feel this, and I'm trying to distract myself from feeling it. So I, I've been catching myself doing that, though. And it's, it's real. But Yeah, I, I, I mean, I get that because it's coming up on a year since my sister passed mm-hmm. at the end of the month. And at the time... I threw myself into those arrangements, right? Like, mm-hmm. I just kept myself busy after that. And then after everything was said and done, like, man, it was just like getting hit with a truck. Oh, yeah. Because, mm-hmm. you know, like, I had time to kind of get all that stuff I occupied my mind with. It, it was over and it was done. And then it was just like that. Okay, now I have to deal with this. I have to go through this. I have to, you know, um, come to terms with it. And then, like, um, just not even a couple of weeks. Or I think it was when I, when I first realized, oh, man, it's already August. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, so that's going to come up. And I and just, you know, really from, like, listening to you from your experience, too, and the things that you've talked about with your father mm-hmm. and how you, you, you were going through these things, I was like, okay, so that's probably going to be coming up, right? Like, those feelings and it's like, you know, something I'm going to have to deal with. And I went back to my go-to, like, like rather than, you know, try to put it away or, 
you know, cheer myself up or whatever. I went back to my go-to thing, which was music. Mm. And so I listened to these songs and I'm like, okay, now I can, I can, it helps me feel like, you know, it just brings that out and it just keeps me in that safe place to where, okay, I can go through this. Mm. I can get through it and I'm going to, you know, it's something that I have to deal with. But to have something like that, like, like, um, to be able to get it in, or, you know, and some people, you know, we, we would recommend counseling or therapy, you know, whatever it is that you need, but to get through it in a safe, in a safe way. way. Yeah. Mm. And so like, for me, it's been that music and I've been, you know, finding my, myself listening to those songs, Mm. like, um, constantly. Yeah. And, And for me, that, that's okay because like, Hey, I, I get to feel that. Mm-hmm. Right, I I get to feel that I get to go through it because it's a natural thing. Loss yeah. is tough, you know. It's it, and I think most of us already know that. But like you know, it, it it's okay to have to go through that. Just mm-hmm. to go through it in the right way, in the healthiest way possible, and find you know that outlet that you can you can have. Mm-hmm. And so, yep. yeah, I mean, that's just basically what I've, I I found myself doing lately is going back to that music. Right now. No, I think that's amazing how both you two are really talking about your grieving process, right? Because there's no right way to grieve, but there's a wrong way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um, talking about that. but and, and this is like on a little lower level, but I was talking to my brother about a friendship that ended recently. Um, but I had to go through the grieving process. Oh yeah, for sure. Of that friendship, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, like this is the whole, like you know like working through that. And I'm like, why am I like? Why do I feel this way? Why do I you know? Um, but I explain that whole thing, and I'm like, dude, like I'm really gr- going through the grieving process because I'm like, why am I so frustrated? Because now, the loss is lost. Yeah, yeah, because it's like no matter how, like bro, like that, and that's something that we were never taught. Like to face those problems head on, like you, like being intentional of like, hey, like I'm not gonna run from this. Yeah, I'm gonna face this no matter how hard it is. I'm gonna face it, right? Like because once the smoke clears, man, you're there and you're there alone. And I feel like that's when the beautiful transformation happens, right? Like, yeah, we always want our people around us. We want our you know, spouse or, or whatever, but it's often in those moments where it's like, man, it's like the realization happens. Like, man, I need this. I need this because my family needs me. I need this because I need me. Like, I need, you know what I mean? Like, I yeah. need this because my community needs me. Like, you know, to be able to be a healthy male Native American mm-hmm. and go through that process willingly, I think speaks volumes, especially when we discuss it on this platform which it ain't easy yeah it's not um and and, and you know that that process too to kind of piggyback off you that process is it's cleansing yeah right like it it it, it's cleansing it's tough it's tough to talk about it's tough to go through Mm -hmm. but it it, it's cleansing right like you mean you just have to rather than try to run and hide or mask it or you know use and forget about it or whatever the case may be or maybe even the flip side of that is to kind of overdo it. Yeah. Like, you know, um, but to go through that process in a good way is, I think it's just cleansing and it's, it's healthy and we need, we need more that we need to teach others how to do that. 
For sure. Yeah, I think that, what do you call it? Just like now, like, for me, like, there's four men here who are talking. Mm. How rare is that to really, like, for men to really put oh, their stuff sure. out there, you know? Mm-hmm. Especially with another guy. Yeah, you know? like absolutely. That, yeah, especially when a lot of us were taught to be the macho. Mm-hmm. Big stoic man and everything, but Jayla, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I was thinking like no, like when I talk about the grief, I remember going through when my mother passed away, you know, and man, I remember like that huge, just shock. I remember I was in Butte and I think I was coming home, but I remember I just kind of realizing that the reality of what's going to happen, and I, we know what was going to happen too. And mm-hmm. I remember driving. You guys know Elk Park. Remember you get up on top of Butte, heading towards Helena? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Up on yeah. top? Yeah. Okay. I, man, I think I screamed that whole time, just, like, sobbing, just yeah. wailing. Yeah. And then but I remember just the energy release mm. from that. Mm-hmm. Yep, and just, like, okay, now i got to do the next thing, you know. And so, mm-hmm. so at that time, my mother was admitted to the hospital. And, and not too long after that, I... Uh, visiting with the doctor, you get the truth, you know, like, this yeah. is, you know, and mm-hmm. eventually we left the hospital without her, you know? Yeah. 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 So, but to be able to have all those conversations and everything, like, but mm-hmm. like I said, like, but I remember just like that huge energy release, like, man, I was like wiped. I mean, I literally just screamed all the way across, like, I don't mm. think I've ever told anybody that, you know? Yeah. yeah. But just, man, I just, I don't know, like, just, I felt that, like, yeah. just right now, like, talking about that, kind of like the healing, like, almost. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that. I don't know. Yeah, because it was definitely deep. It was definitely oh, yeah. this energy, just, but just a wailing. Like, yeah. I've done that. <laughs> People probably would have called the cops or something. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and just, I, yeah, like, like, I'm not going to, like I said, like, like I said, in the meet you guys, I know I can talk about that stuff yeah. right here, you know, and well, just put it out there. It's funny you say that because I did that same thing in my car driving. Yeah. S- just screaming. Like, I, I I don't know. It wasn't really so much like like crying, but I was just mm-hmm. screaming like, ah, you know, and just everything that I wanted to say, I screamed it in my car, and I was by myself. <laughs> like you said, like if you saw me walking down the street doing that, like, well, man, we need to check this guy into the mental. <laughs> you know, well, but yeah, and just like release, that grief, it, it makes. I mean, you could easily mistake. I mean, yeah, you're you're not yourself. Yeah, you're literally not yourself. You can I can admit that, like, like a shell. Well, just compassion whatever it is the passion like you're so so what do you call it that yeah and then being thank goodness being sober long enough and understand that yeah there's ways to mm, we can yeah. deal with that going through the therapy and like even then learning there at the time how to talk with that and i yeah. shared that in my last last time i was here like talking with another male you know yeah. and that's mm-hmm. the thing and i think that's what probably made it key too for me i had a really good secondary aftercare counselor who was female but yeah we we got along really well but like but but my first two big time counselors that really got me where i needed to, the direction i needed to go were males you know yeah yeah and i think that's what we're kind of i don't know if there's enough out there like enough male counselors out there honestly yeah true 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 um but yeah just that allowing ourselves to feel those feelings huge like i think we all just shared that i mean we're in that space where we're in recovery, and we're like, okay, I need to feel this. Where in the past, our old us, you know, would have been like, after this, I'm getting messed up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we even shed tears there, but I feel like those are like false, you know? Mm-hmm. 
Because I remember I'd get drunk and like cry and like cry about whatever. <laughs> you know, there's a tear. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. But like it was, but it was still there when I sobered up. On years later, when I finally sobered up, but that emotion was still there, waiting to be felt. It just intensified the emotion, right? Yeah, the alcohol. Well, I, I think. Well, well, for me, when I was, you know, crying while I was drinking, I think it just came from a different place, mm. not from that original, you know, pain. But yeah. I mean, it that it, it had something to do with it, but yeah. the root of it was just that. The alcohol effect. The other pain. Yeah, the alcohol uh, effect. Okay, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, so that, that, those tears came from a different place, which is why it wasn't as cleansing as I said before. True. Until you start, you know, until you stop, you take that out of the equation, and then you're sitting in your car by yourself, and something happens like that, um, and then you're able to, okay, now it's coming from that place, the, the you know, the root cause of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so I think that, for me, that's what, that that's how I see it. Yeah, no, like, I, I think, like, even this information is, is good for across the whole spectrum, right? So, like, even, so I'm thinking about <clears throat> whatever, like, when our kids go to go to college or go somewhere, they don't know how to deal with that loneliness, so what do they do? They end up coming back home. Mm-hmm. True. You know, but if we teach them, like, to, to, to deal with those types of emotions in a healthy way, then they will either stay planted where they're at, and become who they're called to be, or they'll, you know, uproot themselves and come back home prematurely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and the term that you guys are always using, coping skills. Yeah. To yep. have healthy coping skills. Absolutely. Because life is life. It's not all bad, but sometimes things happen, and like I was not equipped to deal with it yeah. at mm-hmm. all. And the easiest way that I thought, and the, and the most efficient way or the best way I thought, was to drink or use, and yep. then you don't have to. You don't even have to feel it. You can forget about it. I mean, it, like Josiah said, yeah, it does come up while you're in the midst of a drunken haze. But I don't think that comes from that that spot. That whole thing is backwards because, and and I say it all the time, but like, man, alcohol and drugs has taken so much of our friends and family members, right? Yep. Yeah. So we're already grieving our friends and family members that are gone, and we're using the same substance that killed them. True. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So of course it's going to come from a different place, right? Like yeah, because yeah. we're seeking the exact opposite. We're seeking the healing, the clean. Like we're trying to get out of this prison. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah, and on that note, I think like that reminded me of when Superman came on, and he talked about how you, I mean he. I think you shared what he said, but when he came on, he confirmed it. But it was like, said I, said like I never drink or use drugs because I, I seen it as a person. Yeah, I seen that substance as a. I thought of them as a person, and do I want to hang out with somebody that killed my cousin, or killed one of my relatives? Do I want to hang? Do I really want to hang out with that person? I was that was huge to me. I was like, oh, boom, wow. That's that's a good way to think about it. That puts everything in perspective because physically, I don't want to hang out with nobody that physically hurts my family. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to be friends with the, you know, the guy that beat me up. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'll I'll take me with Mer- Blank Street. You know, I don't want to be their friend. I'll take him to A, though. <laughs> <laughs> Drop him off. <laughs> and then, you know, like, like you said, you know, we're trying to get out of this prison. Like, if you're trying to get out of prison, you're trying to head for the gate. You yeah. You're trying to go to the middle of the prison. 
Yeah. Mm. You ain't going to get out that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you like your emotions? Raw, raw, raw. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> raw. Raw, raw, raw. With I'm gonna, salt. With salt. <laughs> like my kidneys. Kidneys. I want to go down there now, man. I know, man. <laughs> We're going back to that. Like, shoot, man. I didn't even get my kidneys. Now. I know. Yeah. All right. Let me read this last part, and then we'll close it out with some closing remarks. Um, this is from the Dr. Mate. This is last answer. Last answers said, I think we live in an insane culture. By insane, I mean a culture that does not meet real human needs. It meets our physical and economic needs for the most part, for many people at least, in this privileged West. But at the same time, it alienates people, alienates people, it cuts people off from themselves, from their gut feelings, from nature, and from other people. It sets people against each other. We're destroying the earth. It's very unhealthy system that we're living in right now. So where's hope in that? Hope is that is people realizing that we live in troubled times to look to look for solutions within themselves and within their communities and recognizing our spiritual nature that we have needs beyond the physical ones. We have to look at the other needs we have that this way of life just not satisfies. Man, that's a tall order in Indian country. Yep. You know, because social economic status, you know, when you go home, it's rough. Yeah. You know, it's just even at this conference, mm-hmm. I was just that, you know, like talking to people. I mean, they're working people, have badges. But when you hear, get to know some of them, I got to hang out with a couple of new friends I made. You know, yeah. To hear that they're struggling. Yeah. Financially. Mm hmm. But they're at this conference that are healthcare conference. Yeah. And but looking down, like, not say looking down, but looking, shoot, I mean, I can't imagine what it's like being out drinking now because the cost and stuff. I remember, I remember jokingly yeah. taking a picture at one of the um, town pumps mm-hmm. at the 30 pack bush light. Yeah. And I was thinking, I remember when this was 1250. Yeah. <laughs> a 30 pack? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are they now? Probably twenty bucks or more, maybe more than that. Right, close to thirty. Thirty, yeah. thirty, yeah. like a dollar a can. Huh? Yeah, yeah. So no, but even then, like, yeah. So like, leading up to what we're talking about, the opioid, you know, like, I mean, I don't know. I didn't stick around long to see, but how easy was it to get versus alcohol? If you don't have money, or you don't, you can't mm. fill your. You're already poor mm. as it is. Yeah, and then you have because I think a lot of these. Maybe they were targeted, you know? I, oh, mean, yeah. that's, I think that's a lot of the discussion, like, where these farm companies yeah. targeted, you know? And I think a lot of it is the socioeconomic areas, the poor areas, yeah. Medicaid populations, mm-hmm. you know, like that. Yeah, and that's what primarily what the, guaranteed the reservations are. Yeah. yeah. But as a homily was put out there, like, the doctors, I, I don't know, maybe they were mis- miseducation, miseducated about what they were doing. Yeah. And I do know that there's... There's been stories coming out where a lot of them got kickbacks too, mm-hmm. for oh, pushing yeah. for yeah. pushing that mm-hmm. on, pushing res- certain, on reservations, certain yeah, certain medications. And, but yeah, like like you said, the, 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 a tall order. It's like you know when we look at a messy room, it's like okay, where do I? How do I start cleaning this up? And I think you know, we we we. We we say this all the time. We, it starts with the individual. We have to focus on the individual first, mm-hmm. and then you know we can start this sort of uh, 
a grand healing. Like, you know, uh, Josiah is always saying, you know, our nation, as, as indigenous people, we have to go through this great healing. We mm-hmm. will heal our land. We will heal our land. <laughs> heal but, our know, land, too. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, but, um, so, but it starts with the individual. It starts with me. Absolutely. Right? And, mm-hmm. and that journey always has to start with, with self. And so how do we get people to uh, jump on that little bandwagon rather than going down the road that with all their subconscious beliefs and things that, you know, they grew up with and um, their old coping skills? Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. I guess just lead the way for me. Just lead the way and then offer help when, when I can. Offer help as needed. And, and offer mm-hmm. that hope, you know. Like saying, I, I, I know what it is that you're going through. I know exactly what that is because I've been there. Yeah. And you you don't have to stay there, you know, giving that message out. Because, man, like the, the things that people are dealing with now who are still out there actively using is, it's crazy. Like how you, how quick you, how quick you can just, you're, you're on that ride. Boom. Like for me, like personally, it was kind of a, it was a bit of a progression, I think. Honestly, from the first day I ever took a drink, mm-hmm. I mean, I was straight alcoholic. But the using part of it, like from every once in a while to every weekend to damn near every day to pretty much every day, all day, every day at, mm-hmm. at the end of it. Every hour. every I mean, just whenever I could, really, is yeah. what it came down to. I don't think that progression exists anymore with opioids, mm. right? Like you try it. Like, you know, he was talking about, you know, oh, hey, try this. No, try it once, and then you know. Even with meth, we 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 know that, you know, just not even once they they say yeah. You try it once, and then boom, like then you're chasing that. Yeah, you keep chasing that because it's so powerful, it's so addictive. So yeah, we got to get a we got to get a grip, and that's you know that's that's the part. Like Josiah said, like prescription pills are a little bit more acceptable in society. Oh yeah, which makes us think that it's less dangerous, right? Mm-hmm. That's I think that's perception they portray. Yeah, out there, the though. perception. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and friend, you know, when you think about it, it's just one one less hurdle to get over. Yeah, mm-hmm. because you hit those walls of shame, you hit those walls of guilt, you hit those walls of, you know, maybe I shouldn't be doing this, but if there's that one less thing you have to get over, then all the better. Like, oh yeah, I can do this because the doctor gave it to me, mm-hmm. and yeah. I and I and I just had surgery, so it it must be good for me. No, and but before you know it, then that thing just changes your complete. We um, interview. Remember, we had an interview where the person got addicted because they were using trazodone. Yeah. See, and trazodone's not even a narcotic. But that's how I think. Like that's how strong the pool is, though. Oh yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, and it's like as you guys were talking, I just remembered this thing where. When I was growing up, I seen adults, like, every little thing. And this is not just, like, my household. Like, just in my community, even, like, at school, seeing teachers and people working at the school. Adults, like, every little thing, they would pop a pill. Like, oh, my head hurts. Pop a pill. Oh, I got a sniffle. Pop a pill. And that turned me off. I got to lose weight. Pop a pill. Yeah. And I was just, like, that turned me off to it to where I didn't really... So inside my brain, like, I was just, like, I'll use, like, pills ever since I was, like, young. 
I'll use it until like there's no pain or like whatever the symptoms that like, go away. And then I was like, okay. Then I quit using them. Yeah, I don't even do the hyd- uh, the ibuprofen with codeine. Mm-hmm. The, the, the strongest or that strong ibuprofen or whatever. Yeah, I don't even use that. The eight hundreds, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the Tylenol with codeine. I think that's what I was trying to say. Yeah, I don't use those stuff. I never did get down on opiates, man. They always made me sick. Mm. You know. Yeah, so when you think of that insane culture, the term itself, like. Yeah, I think overall, if you look at. We, we always say mainstream society. Um, <clears throat> we're, they're trying to keep us in fear and consuming. Constantly. Yeah. You know, there's the new thing coming out. Boom, boom. And then there's all the news is all bad news. So they're like trying to keep us in fear and purchasing. Yeah. You watch now. news about wars and culture wars and all this and. Then all of a sudden, commercial break. Ah, try a Pepsi, and those people are all happy. Yeah, I might get sued. Here's the latest Jordans. Yeah, no, it's like this. This conference had a lot of good talkers about that, you know. But I think, like, say that um, what is it? it? Means a culture does not meet real human needs. So yeah. Mm-hmm. So one of the biggest things I kind of been looking at, and one of the things I actually ha- I worked on. At our organization was uh, the social determinants of health, like housing and mm-hmm. food insecurity, financial insecurity, of course, one of them. Yeah. Um, but just a lot of those things that people don't talk about, I think, you know, don't really admit that. And I think not having those resources, especially like on the, the reservation, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, shoot, there's some good, there's some great people, man. I think we can really pipe into a lot of these conversations, but like the Blackfeet have some really good things going on with their, yeah. yeah. Mm. There's this one presenter out there. I can't remember her name, but man, she talked to, she had, runs a food pad. I think it's called fast Blackfeet or okay. fast, something like that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But they're really doing, I was like, that's what we need. Like they're like, cause like doing some work down in Crow right now. Yeah. The recovery center there, you know, and that's one of the first things is like, who's doing this? Or, Basically, case management type stuff. You know? Absolutely. Yeah, because yeah. when you come out of, like, well, just simply, when you come out of, like, a lot of these guys, when they come out of prison, jail, they just get let go. Yeah, there's no, like, no re-entry. Yep. And there's no one there to really say, hey, let's help you with this. Let's help you with that. But there was someone there ready to get him going. So I, don't, I mean, I don't know how a lot of pre-releases are set up anymore if they even do any of that for you when you come out. Mm. But I think that's just where, like, a lot of peer support can really come into hand or come into play you know oh yeah i think developing more and more of that so but what do you guys think about the cultural care paths like i was saying like we move into the insane culture like what's waiting for them out there you know like i mean i was looking at your what was it care what was it um your little consulting oh the cares for others cares for others yeah, yeah. so like i think there's a just need more need but more youth-based type things what you're trying to work on or um like a lot of cultural humility and cultural presentations. Mm-hmm. So, like, I do, like, the drumming, singing, and I commission, like, my youth drum group and youth dancers to come in exhibition stuff. Yeah. And I but, think, oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I think that's just where a lot of that just, I mean, you're, you're talking definitely social work there, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's just, like, a great thing. I just think there's just not, an, I mean, the needs there is, as we kind of get more focus on what is really happening now, what mm-hmm. is really going on now. Yeah. But I think just there's not enough people like Josiah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of people out there, but oh, yeah. 
but not enough to I think meet the demand of mm-hmm. what's going on. I think that's where then. But I think as we get sicker as a people, and I think the need, and that's where they turn into more of these harsher drugs, and that's it. Like a lot of that stuff is, I mean, they touched all the way back to like how a lot of this stuff, like the generation, a couple of generations before us, they were probably the last ones that were exposed to like the, um, the like boarding schools and yeah. things like that. Yeah, and then they're still, my mother was one. Yeah. Yeah. She was at Mormon placement, thrown away. Well, we're moving you here. We're taking all the kids, and they thought they were all going to be together, all her brothers and sisters. Yeah. And, yeah, mm. and then next thing you know, when they get to Utah, then they all got separated. And it was uh. like, the way my mother tells that story is like, oh, I mean, it's like gut-wrenching, you know? Yeah. So that happening when you're like, before you're even in middle school. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And there's just that generation of people, how they got treated and everything. And now, mm-hmm. so whatever they knew how to, that's it. Where they learn all these, like the high abuse rates, and oh, they call it, yeah, mm-hmm. that's it. So now they bring that back home with them, and that's mm-hmm. what they know as parenting skills. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, and hence it's just like I remember, like I said, that's one of the things I overcame when. So a lot of people always ask me, it's like, why? Like for me, like I wanted to be a good parent, so I had to find someone I looked at that was a good parent yeah. in recovery. Yeah. That displayed all that, but it was also very honest about the stuff that was going on, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it wasn't a native. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I think, like, I don't know. I think the parenting aspect it, mm-hmm. is somewhere that, that we need to address, too, especially as men, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like, we look at, like, native country and all of our abuses and everything like that. A lot of it is because we have the lack of healthy male role models. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have, you know, like, like, Josiah and myself, Josiah invited me along to like a, a daddy-daughter camp, um, a dad camp. It's called dad camp, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the idea is to really implement the father spending intentional time with their children, mm-hmm. which is what we need. And, and we look at like the reservation. And I feel like that would like, what, what else do you say? You say put the humanity back into the equation. Yeah. You know, putting that humanity part back into the people that we're serving and just treating them like people, I think we could go a lot farther than we are now. Mm-hmm. And, and you, and for me, you know, like, you know, the, the, the services that like, you know, Josiah and you, you, you guys all provide, like what, what all that is based should be based. I mean, it is based on, it's, it's based on love and acceptance and empathy. Mm-hmm. Things that we never, I mean, we, we experience those things, but not to the level to where, uh, especially empathy, like, I mean, I think a lot of people are really unempathetic. Yeah. That's not yeah. to be confused with sympathy. Yeah. Right? Like, okay, I, I can put myself in your shoes and I can see what you're going through. And I, you know, rather than I feel sorry for you, I guess I feel sorry. I mean, I feel bad with you, you know, yeah. kind of yeah. a thing. But that, to me, is what those things are based on, is love, acceptance, and empathy, and hope. Yep. Preach it. And so... I- and I wasn't even trying to preach. I got that one from Randy for free. <laughs> and I Pro think- Fair Special. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of jail free card right yeah. there. Uh, <laughs> let's, um, yeah, let's go around the horn and like closing thoughts on this whole article or just opioids in general or just addiction in general. Um, 
I'll go first, and then we'll go Randy and around the horn to K Drive. And your favorite Indian, K Drive. That bad. So, um, I think like what you guys are talking about there in the last part really highlighted for me. Like, if you're in a position to be a good mentor, if you have kids that are you know that you're raising and stuff, to really pour those things into them. As far as, you know, the love, the empathy, the confidence, um, the validation, really to empower them and then empower them with coping skills, healthy coping skills so that they can move forward. Yes. Um, Just pouring into them, as Brandy says, digging that gold out, finding that diamond in the rough, seeing that in them and letting them know that you see that in them. Because really, a lot of times, it, all it really takes is one person to believe in you for to push you to, to, to achieve what your potential is. Yep. And through that, with the healthy coping skills um, and everything, they can achieve and bypass that those addiction years. No, absolutely. I think, I think my... my I think one of my prayers for my daughter is that she grows up and she don't have to battle this addiction, you know? Yep, same. Um, doing this stuff so that, you know, it, it's a little bit easier for her. But I'm, I kind of think along the terms of this guy, like, man, I, I, I was intrigued by his story because he worked out in the field. And I'm like, man, like, that could really be an opportunity to write a book, right? Like, presenting, presenting from another side the people out on the street mm. and putting a name to their faces, Right, yeah. because so so many of us are so used to just driving past people, um, and at the end of the day, they're people, you know, and we we treat them as less than. Um, but that part hit me, that part hit me, and then just bringing. I mean, I think it all goes together, man. As long as we bring the humanity back into the equation, I think we'll go far as a people. That means like we become doers of what we're saying. Yep. You know, we're not just having meetings and strategizing. And, man, we've been strategizing for the past 10 years. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We're out there like, man, like, in the community, like, man, my circle, my, you know, my bounds of habitation, the people that I encounter every day know that they are loved, valued, and cherished, if not by anybody else, then at least by me. Mm -hmm. And it's demonstrated not just by what I say, but by what I do and how I conduct myself. Mm-hmm. Does that you know? Mm-hmm. Um, we have to really put our money where our mouth is, and, and rather than man, yeah, I don't know, man. It, it's just man. I see it across all spectrums in the church, in 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 education, in you know, in 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 all of society. We just need to be humans again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's all we need, man. Because we've become this consumeristic society, uh, materialistic. Mm. Uh, we're looking for the next best thing. We're looking for the next fresh thing. I myself am guilty of it. When really at the end of the day, it's the people that are around us that matter. Mm. You know, like when I think about like my time, like, man, I'm not going to think about, man, I can't take this linen shirt with me. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's fire and I look good in it and I feel good. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? Don't like, yeah. it's nothing that's going to go with me into the afterlife. Mm-hmm. But what I'm going to take with me in my afterlife is my time that I spend with my loved ones. Mm-hmm. True that. 
You know, like I think like for me, man, my story was like when somebody chose to love the hell out of me. That's when I saw my worth. Mm -hmm. That's when I'm like, man, like my life can be different. And today it's way different than it used to be. Today I have the opportunity to raise my daughter who's waiting for me outside the studio. Uh-huh. You know, like, yeah, yeah. like, like, man, we've been here since 4 o'clock today. Like, man, like, that's what it means, right? Like, to be, like, for me, man, that's what brings me happiness. You know, and I feel like, man, that's what I want for, like, my people. It's like, man, it's an opportunity to be here. Like, it's a, it's a blessing to be here. Why not make the best of our time? Yep. You know, and love those people that are around us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I was just thinking of more, like, like I said, just being more and more, well, I love being home, you know? Yeah. yeah and then getting around brothers who are in recovery and just that just that feeling. It's just a great feeling, an awesome feeling being with you guys, you know? And But coming back and just kind of getting into more into seeing what's happening here, what's going on, and just, you know? All these things, though, like just like we look at the recovery, like our own personal recovery, like um, the drinking, whatever it is we're doing, you know, those are like signs or symptoms of something deep. Yeah. You know? yep. So now you got all the stuff like when you start looking at like, the epidemics that are going on, whatever it's the opioids, alcoholism, yeah. even the MMIP, you know, like that's a symptom of that. Something's deeply not say deeply, but there's deep moments are deeply concerns within the community, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. your community. It's like, so how do we address that? You know? And I think that's just where the next few years are coming up to where we, how do we get the resources together now to understand and tackle that, you know? Yes. Yeah. Cause I don't think the current health system, which is run by Indian health services prepared for that. Yeah. Mm. You know, and it just like I said, but how can we help? Like, I think this needs more people, more groups, whether tribal health, yeah, smaller nonprofits, Josiah's little group that he's want to put together, you know, yeah, yeah it's, it's a start somewhere, you know, and yep. just kind of really investing into more of the people who are doing things like that, that, cause that's where it really comes into like, okay, we identified this problem. Now I know a guy out there who's Josiah. I'm going to do a warm handoff with that guy. Absolutely. Yep. And then, okay, take care of him, you know? Yeah. But also we'll, and it's easier to do that probably here in Billings because we have all the resources. There's a lot more resources, right? Yeah, yeah that's, that's our experience, too. Helena, we have all the resources right there. But if I go down a crow, like... It's hard. Yeah. You get into Harden, like, man, like, I, I went into Harden, and I have a background in peer support, but I'm looking at all these different pockets of people. Uh-huh. And it's like, man, like, especially as, like, peer supporters, like, a lot of them, man, we, we could make such a huge impact in that community, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. if we created some type of resource out there. Yep, and there's good examples on other reservations that are doing that. You know? Yeah, I mean, just it's some might be in their infancy, some might have been around for a couple of years, but yeah, there's like, especially addressing that big one, food Absolutely. insecurity. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, because I have that. You know, even like right now, like with my wife, like she sometimes, <laughs> I don't say forget, but yeah, like I buy a bunch of food. You know, yeah, mm. and sometimes it goes to waste. But then for me, that's more about growing up about a lot of that's just the fear because I didn't, we didn't have nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and so now I mean. I make very good career, good money, mm-hmm. and that's one of the first things I do is buy groceries, and sometimes I'll buy a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's just that. trouble. And a lot of that's just from... Oh, yeah, yeah. But it's probably PTSD. How you grew but up. But I can talk about it now, yeah, how I grew mm-hmm. up. Like, man, it was like... I remember when we were starving. Oh, yeah. Yep. And that's happening right now on yep. our homelands, our Dang. back home. Absolutely. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, so, I mean... 
for me, it's it, it just it like it keeps going back to that that love and that acceptance, empathy, forgiveness, and it all it takes is one person, and we know that there's four sitting right here, and each four of us know other people out there who are doing this kind of work, mm-hmm. offering that hope, that hope for a better tomorrow. And we're saying, you know, there's all these programs and these things that we can do. And, okay, so let's start implementing them. But really, if we're talking about putting the humanity back into it, then, yeah, our actions do speak louder than our words by going to these people and meeting them where they're at and saying, yeah, I know. I know what it is. And here's what worked for me. It might not work for you, but I know three other dudes right now. Right, right now, you can talk to, and maybe something they have will offer. Maybe it'll be a combined thing. Mm-hmm. But doing this, you know, having four indigenous men sitting in a room talking about this stuff—that's a hell of a start. Mm-hmm. That's a hell of a because it was. This is you ten years ago. You had, you want me to go in there and do what? Yep. Yep. You want me to tell my story and tell my feelings and get all my dirt out there on a podcast that's pretty much perpetual for life? Mm-hmm. No way. <laughs> but this is a start, mm-hmm. right? And so, I mean, we have to start somewhere. And, and, that's, and that, that to me is the beauty of it is because that means if anybody can help, if I can help, that means anybody can help, mm-hmm. right? And you don't have to do these grand things. You don't have to cure everything all in one shot that's not the way it's going to work but we have to start somewhere boots on the ground you know um meeting people where they're at and having that empathy and having that love and saying you know what man i made mistakes too i accept you the way you are you can stop doing that right now today this is how you start you know just offering that up because um I think it was Randy that said, you know, having that at least that one person who believes in you and saying, okay, yeah, you can do it. Mm-hmm. You can make it. Mm-hmm. But it, it won't be easy. But, you know, what? what is? Mm. And at the same time saying it's that difficulty is that's going to make you grow. It's that difficulty that's going to make you stronger. It's we need that little bit of not not a little bit, but we need that challenge. Mm. Otherwise, we're never going to grow, right? We don't. We're not going to get any better at anything if we don't constantly challenge ourselves. Yep. Like yeah. I can, I can, uh, I can draw with a pencil, and I can erase my my mistakes. But then I get to the point where I can just draw something with a pen, mm-hmm. or yeah. I don't get to re- erase my mistakes. Okay, so there's that progression, and so. You know, to encourage other people and to be there and, you know, not necessarily, you know, can't fix, we can't fix people, but to say that, oh yeah, I can be there with you and I can support you and I can offer advice and hope and, you know, all this other stuff that we've experienced and getting to the point where we're at today, I think is like one of the hugest things. And the reason why I'm bringing it up is because anybody can do it. Mm Mm-hmm. Anybody can you you got six months recovery, man. That's that's huge. Oh yeah. So take that, take that to the guy that only that doesn't have any at all. You know, he's just starting out, or maybe on the fence. Say, man, I made it six months. You know, that's huge. Like, so anybody can do it. Anybody can have. Anybody can develop that love, that acceptance, that hope, that empathy. And so you know, I think we just we have to put ourselves out there and forget all this. 
these false ideas that it's a bad thing to share. Mm-hmm. It's a bad thing to talk about. It's a it's it's not good for us to. Um, we're not men if we don't act a certain way. I think we need to get over that shit because that's part of the thing that's destroying us. True yep. is this idea that we have of what a man really is. Because any idiot can run through a brick wall, but only a smart man will be go around it mm-hmm. and not get hurt. True that. True that. No, I appreciate all you guys sharing what you did. I definitely <clears throat> going to use that moving forward. Um, and I just like to echo kind of what um, JC was saying. You know, some of us we we recover out loud. For those recovering in silence. There you go. Mm-hmm. You know, like I wear my heart. I mean, I wear, not my heart. I wear my recovery on my sleeve. Your heart too, bro. My Your heart, heart too. Don't Sometimes. Don't sell yourself short. I got two sleeves. Yeah. <laughs> one's on my heart and one's on my, <laughs> one's my recovery. <laughs> no, I do because um, that's what I've seen. That, like those individuals that were just, you know. Willing to share their experience, strength, and hope, man, I would, that ignited that hope inside of me because I was like, man, I, that's what I want. I want what they have. And I didn't even know that's what I wanted until I started hearing them talk about their recovery and, like, they're just, like, simple lives. Yeah. Work, take care of their families, go to bed, do it all over again next day. So, it's man, beautiful. That, that sounds awesome. They laid there in detox bed, you know, sicker than a dog. Yeah. You know, I was like, dang, I wonder what they got. Yes. Definitely. All right. Uh Appreciate you guys. Episode 147. 147 in the house. We're going to wrap it up there. That was a deep cut right there. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah, we always have long episodes when Kevin comes on. Long-winded, this guy. K-Drive. K-Drive all the way from <laughs> Helena. Joining us again. Number 27, K-Drive. No, yeah, ever in Helena, Montana, look up K-Drive. He lives over there on 1241 Arlington Avenue. <laughs> Just made up an address. <laughs> it's a little pink house <laughs> with a white picket fence. <laughs> with chickens and goats. Bloodhounds. No goats. No. We got, that, we got uh Yes, an ostrich. Yeah. Yep. yeah an ostrich <laughs> farm. <laughs> no, really, do you really have an ostrich? No, no. <laughs> How the hell did you get one of those? Man? Right. Down at Pro Fair. There you go. Right. in a parade. So the, latest, the latest development is a bunch of pigeons. So, okay. I think I got the green light from my honey bree to uh, you know, be blow them away. Oh, blow them away? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say something like raise them or I something. Yeah, I thought you were going to go to Mike Tyson route and flip pigeons. Yeah. <laughs> For the hood. I'll save them for Crow Night Monday. Have a bunch of rotisserie pigeons. <laughs> oh, man. On a stick. Yeah. In lieu of kidneys. Oh. <laughs> Little tiny pigeon kidneys on a toothpick. Oh, my God. Oh, send it. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> you guys been out to uh, Carver's? Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, man, that was good did you have Did you have some of those frog legs and stuff? Boy, uh, didn't, rattlesnake? Didn't try that. Oh. They didn't have it the night I was there. La- uh, was it last Thursday I went? 
know. Yeah, it was last Thursday. Anyway, we went. They had frog legs. They had rattlesnake sausage. They had boar. <laughs> bro, they had everything, man. Wicked like, in the name of yeah. <laughs> rattlesnake sausage. <laughs> My ancestors. But they were the rattlesnake was. It was okay at first. It tasted good at first, and then the second time, I think I just got in my head. Yeah, yeah. I just like kept thinking about it. Thinking about was it, it like gamey. Yeah, after a while, it did. Like, yeah. man, just didn't taste good to me. But yeah, I got on that topic because you guys were talking about food. No, we're just starving yeah. now. Thank you, think of my ancestor, right? rattlesnake sausage. Rattlesnake, rattlesnake sausage. <laughs> <laughs> Fine warrior. <laughs> Many scopes come but I, well yeah. to come. I think my favorite there, though, is the pineapple and the chicken. Yeah, yeah, pineapple's good, man. They're all their steaks. Fire. Mm-hmm. So Dude, rattlesnake sausage. They have ribs? Just basically. Uh, I think they did have. I can't. I don't know. They had ribs that last time I went. I was yeah. like, ooh, load me up. I could have swore I saw a plate of ribs there that they that first one that they Some brought up, but ribs. I didn't have any. Yeah, it was already empty by the time I got here. Oh, oh. Rattlesnake ribs. Yeah. No, but the frog legs too. You guys never tried those, no. <laughs> bro. Those are like so small. Like, yeah. <laughs> Did you get a twenty piece? <laughs> no, bro. So you you know the Brazilian style, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, remember they come out and they just serve as long yeah. as your your thingy, uh, as long as your yeah green light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they brought out. Uh, frog legs and man, I didn't think he had a yeah. pile of frog yeah, like bones. yeah, give me a couple of those. But I went after the steak and all that. Mm. Uh, yeah, mm. they didn't have that stuff when I was there. I, mean, I don't think so. I mean, I ate you know all those different kinds of steaks and yeah. stuff that they were bringing out. It could have been snake. I don't know. Mm. Good snake, huh? Nothing but sausage, sir. <laughs> snake <laughs> rump. <laughs> Just sausage from here on out. Rattlesnake rump roast. Yeah. Oh, oh, man. Rattlesnake rump stew. Oh. <laughs> Some of those frog ribs. <laughs> snake those ribs. ribs. Oh, snake ribs. Snake ribs. <laughs> yeah, those ribs. Slap some of that on here. No, that's good, man. You guys are making me hungry. I know, I know. <laughs> All right, yeah, let's close this out. So, yeah, appreciate you, Podgotti, K-Drive, Favorite Indian, man, bringing that fire tonight as always. And out there to our listeners all over Flat Earth, we love you. We appreciate you. And to our unspoken words disciples, please keep spreading unspoken words gospel. Billy Graham style. Ha, ha, hey. Be kind to yourself. Much love. I'll see you at the arbor. Please be kind. Rewind. Bring your rattlesnake ribs.